let the hogs out. What's up, Hog Planeteers? Welcome to Hog Planet. It's just me, Sam, right now. I'm introducing our upcoming episode, which is all about Okja, the movie by Bong Joon-ho. We've got some great guests. We've got uh, Kevin Ha and J.R. Murray. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter. Where we'll drop their handles later on in the episode. And uh, yeah, this episode, like many of the other Quarren Cinema episodes that we've been releasing. Uh, we recorded them before the ACAB Spring, the current uprisings, uh, or colloquially colloquially known in the uh, in the media as I guess the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor protests. So again, like the Lovebirds episode, hopefully this can serve as a nice respite from that kind of wall to wall coverage. Uh, and yeah, our guests are some real deal Marxists who do help us unpack some of the Marxist themes of Okja. It's a great episode. And before we get into it, I do want to remind everyone to, of course, you're all giving us five star reviews on iTunes, which, you know, we deserve, but it's also generous of you to give them to us. But uh, yeah, we also started a new Instagram page. It's at Hog Planet Podcast on Instagram. We did our first, our inaugural stream on Hog, the Hog Planet Instagram last Friday. So definitely give that a follow. Check out some of the hog content we're putting up there. We're going to try to keep it fresh. But yeah, without further ado, here is the episode on Okja with Kevin Ha and J.R. Murray. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to Hog Planet, and this is the Hog Planet episode about the most Hog Planet movie, Quarantine Week 1000. I'm Dan Spaventa, joined uh, by my uh, brother in quarantine, Sam. Uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. About as good as I can do as uh, we enter. By, when was the, Dan, do you have a day that the quarantine started for you? My, my day is March 12th. I think it was like the first day where I like demanded that I like start working from home for my employer. And then I haven't really been back to the office since for any serious like period of time. Uh, do you have a quarantine start day? Yeah, it was Thursday, March 12th. So do okay. the math there, folks. It's been a while. Um, I live alone. Um, we have today a movie that I think we wanted to talk about a couple months ago before any thought of a, uh, you know, giant percentage of the population dying from the pandemic uh, was on our minds. Uh, Trump said something really stupid about Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. So let's drop that in here because it's funny. By the way, how bad were the Academy Awards this year? Did you see it? And the winner is a movie from South Korea. What the hell was that all about? We got enough problems with South Korea with trade. On top of it, they give them the best movie of the year. Was it good? I don't know. You know, I'm looking for like, where, where, 
let's get Gone with the Wind. Can we get like Gone with the Wind back, please? Sunset Boulevard. So many great movies. The winner is from South Korea. I thought it was best foreign film, right? Best foreign movie. No, it was the button. Did this ever happen before? <laughs> Um, yeah, Trump was like, let's, let's get Sunset Boulevard back, huh? <laughs> like, none of these, like, none of, that's not, that's not an American film. Because Parasite obviously won Best Picture. Bong Joon-ho, the director, is uh, brilliant. We're going to talk about his uh, Netflix film from before that, uh, Okja. Uh, why, why do you think that Trump clip uh, really resonated with people? Because his, his fans loved it. They love it. They hate, they don't like reading. There's extra text on the screen. That's not what you're watching TV for or watching a movie for. You're watching so that you don't, it, you know, it's supposed to be the exact opposite of reading a book. Then boom, these li Hollywood liberals are telling you that you need to read to enjoy a good movie. It's just, it's, it's too much for the average person in today's, in Trump's America. So I, I'm, you know, I, I understand why he said it and I'm glad that uh, the voices of the non-readers are being heard, I guess. Well, the best picture from this year will retroactively uh, be taken from Bong Joon-ho and given to the Benghazi movie with John Krasinski. Um, and uh, to help us discuss Bong Joon-ho's Okja, uh, which I think is the most hog uh, movie that we've discussed on this show, uh, we have two guests today. This is, I think, the most guests we've ever had on this show, Sam. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, we'll see how the four-person panel goes, but I think it should be fine. Uh, guests, sound off. Introduce yourselves. I just dropped my mic. <laughs> this is JR. I am a contributor to Cosmonaut Magazine uh, and a friend of Hog Planet. Hey, what's up? I am uh, Kevin. Um, I am currently living in Boston, uh, do my PhD in sociology. Um, you know, Sam and Dan have been uh, longtime friends and same with uh, the co-guest here. So I'm excited to be here. Talk about yeah. this awesome film. In this movie, I, I, I'm happy to have you guys on because this movie fe feels like it's perfect for this time we're living in. I mean, do you guys want to give us a sense of your quarantine experience like any anything you've observed in this time uh and then maybe tie it back to why uh it was it was interesting to watch this movie now oh yeah i mean like the just what this quarantine has showed me is just like the possibility of total breakdown of society and like changing of like these these norms of how we interact like we see all these new ways and new forms of interacting now that are really determining how like society has to be structured in quarantine like this. So, um, and also just kind of the inability of the, the government to really make sure that we survive. <laughs> I think that's what it's really showed me. And then JR watching uh, Oakja now, uh, you know, tying it into what Kevin said, it's like, yeah, it's showing a very like bleak, uh, portrait of uh yeah the of the production world of yeah our, like, like we yeah. don't really understand how uh like we have all these social relations with one another that get like hidden uh yeah. so you know you, you buy meat at the supermarket and like that's it but you're actually holding a product that's like the result of all sorts of uh relations between people 
Right. And uh, then, you know, in quarantine, it's interesting because there's, uh, I don't know all the science behind it, but a lot of these flus, uh, flu-like things like COVID, uh, H1N1, like bird flu, SARS, or whatever, all started in highly industrial areas uh, where people are like living on top of each other, like working like slave wages and like factories and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, with animals like in uh, Okja um, in like similar conditions. And that there's like evidence that that's how these, these diseases jump from animal to man. It's from conditions like Okja. Um, And now we're here because, because we have set up our, our food production like the movie Okja. Like we're all in quarantine. So that's exactly- the dang wet markets, man. You gotta <laughs> yeah. close the wet markets. So that's exactly what uh, like Marx talks about with commodity fetishism, right? Like it obscures these like relationships of production and like our ability. So, I mean, quarantine just further exacerbates that. Like we're just totally in our private spheres and I'm ordering shit off Amazon, like just like having no idea what's going on and we at the end yeah. we get what we need but how many people have like just worked in terrible conditions you know and it's yeah it really obscures it further yeah and i mean if you've heard it all about the uh chris smalls uh, the guy who got fired from the amazon warehouse for trying to organize mm-hmm. there it's clear that anytime you use one of these services like there's people at the other end of it suffering and uh you know these warehouses clearly aren't fucking cleaned these people are forced to work these jobs for shit wages right uh, and then get fired uh, for any you know hint of unionization so it's like- which i which i actually um saw elements of in okja the, like the movie itself um i kind of wish um he could have expanded a bit on that but you kind of see these like labor relationships right especially with like the immigrant workers and you know how like the bureaucracy is structured it's really interesting I mean, there's one scene where a truck driver literally quits because his benefits suck, you know? Like, <laughs> right, exactly. He's fun. like, I don't, I'm not this company. Yeah, yeah. If they, they had it their way, we would all be the pigs in Okja. Like yeah. they would like keep us in little cages and just like take life and like squeeze it until profit came out. Maybe we like, are Like the they pigs. wouldn't make, Maybe. It, it, it does get into like sorry to bother you territory mm-hmm. as well with the genetic engineering um i don't want to spoil sorry to bother you i haven't so seen it actually i won't go into how genetic engineering plays a role in that film but that is the centrality of the plot in okja um i think it starts off in new york 2007 an auspicious year i guess right before the financial collapse Maybe like a golden age of the kind of Bush economy back in the day. There's some stuff we could read in there. But uh, we're in a crumbling factory owned by Mirando, the antagonistic corporation in this uh, in this movie, which could, I mean, obviously it sounds a lot like Monsanto. I think it could be, it's kind of an allegory for any of these massive agribusness, uh, you know, come, I guess, pharmaceutical or genetic engineering companies these days that, Try to are trying to basically restructure the way that we that those very basic relations that you described, Jr. When you go buy meat at the market, these companies are trying to restructure that to benefit them as much as possible, even rewriting kind of biology to achieve that goal of maximizing profit. Um, the we're introduced to Lucy Miranda, who she says that she is the granddaughter of the 
you know, the original founder of the company. And she's basically doing like a woke, like girl boss reboot of the factory and pitching this new program where they're going to be like it's a whole it's a whole reality show style like contest where they're going to distribute these super pig embryos to farmers around the world who are then going to raise these genetically engineered pigs to become to, and, and whoever raises like the biggest and healthiest one is going to win the contest and that kind of sets the stage for the events of the film which happened i think like something like 10 years later so yeah. it's this very Silicon Valley pitch to like the Whole Foods crowd, I think. Um, some of the promises she makes are kind of interesting. Like it's, it's all this kind of technocratic, like this product, uh, you know, hand this genius a bunch of money and then she'll solve your problems, right? It's like uh, one of the quotes she says is, the world's running out of food and we aren't talking about it. So she's saying like, it's, it's see, we're, we're radical. We're like, uh, you know, we're anti-GMO. We're all natural. It's using all those like buzzwords. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wasn't there a thing where it said it was like the factory was stained with the blood of fine working men. So it's also trying to tie into this like tradition of like American like industry. I don't know. It's all very fucking all the worst parts about fucking like woke branding. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like Elon Musk and uh, Steve Jobs and like the girl boss brand all mixed together. Uh, it, it has all the like, like she's giving a talk on stage, like a TED talk kind of thing. Like it has this whole tech uh, empowered veneer. Yeah, and just like the value she proposes her company and work has to the general public is just so alien to like the main character, uh, Misha. Like, you know it's like sustainability like tastier bacon like these these like don't appeal to like the rural class or those outside of even the middle class there's class interests too it's like just the stuff she's saying and how front-facing the company is it just doesn't make sense for the general pop like everyone it's very targeted also no. part of the pitch is that they will like produce less excretions and they will still taste good like it's it's all about right maximizing this illusion of sustainability yes yep. and they claim also that the piglets originated in chile and uh when we find out later that's not the 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 case and we'll get to it but um they try to phrase it as if like oh we through our like corporate and like ingenuity have just managed to find this like little what, like hidden secret and now we're gonna right. bring it to you, you and that's yeah. something that you know we're doing something good for the world by spreading this all around like right. i guess so it reminds me of the way like amazon acts like we, or facebook or something acts like we're you know we're keeping the world connected uh for just for fun yeah. and we're actually doing it to be good people it's not like we're making buttloads of money off of it you know more more accumulation of wealth over the past like 20 years in that sector than like ever in history and um they're acting like that's it's just like they're doing it for the common good but either way like kevin said we uh we see how alien these values are to i guess the rural class when we switch out to to south korea in the mountains where mija is uh the protagonist she is played by an so hyun sorry if i'm butchering that but um 
either way, where she is the recipient or her family farm is the recipient of one of these super pigs. And we get thrown just straight into scenes of them running in the mountains, uh, Mija and Okja, like swimming and doing all kinds of like idyllic sort of Disney movie, like natural uh, escapades and stuff and eating food. And she, what, feeds the, feeds them fish and makes them like can poop out the fish and stuff. There's all kinds of like, fun hijinks that are very well choreographed in these scenes. It's like a family pet. It's like, it's like, <laughs> a, it's like a child with a big dog, you know? But It's like a Beethoven your... movie. <laughs> what were your impressions of the hog? Like, I thought it looked almost like a rhino, like a hippo, like... Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was really really well done. Like I I thought it was very cute and they did they did a very good job at like um showing its like humanistic expressions, like and its ability yeah. to like form social connections. Like it was so intelligent. It's not even that out there. Like yeah, of a yeah. design for an animal like that could exist. Like as far as this movie's like sci-fi, uh I mean it's like a reasonable animals like a pig right it's not like the host kind of thing. <laughs> yeah yeah you see something that's like could be real and is like relatable yeah also don't they say like pigs are very intelligent there's there's that part of it too so it's like realistic yeah. in that yeah sense. no they're they're just the <laughs> okay. uh yeah i mean they're like dogs like i mean pigs, that's goats cows shit like that like they build social connections and, like have a whole range of emotions and stuff like that like uh, it's not too far off. I think yeah, Okja I, is like more intelligent in general, as far as I don't know, maybe like problem solving and stuff like that. But uh, it's not too far off from an actual like how a pig's personality might be. Yeah, I mean that scene when um, uh, he, the pig saves her from the cliff, falling off that cliff. That like problem solving ability. It's like I'm gonna run to the left and use like understanding how pulleys work in gravity like <laughs> you know what i wrote down at like like 3 a.m i said oakjaw slingshots miha up to save her how could you eat this hog with an explanation from the beginning right you are getting the sense that oh it's like she she doesn't know this tragic thing that her pet is born to eventually be slaughtered in america Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you do know that from like the opening scene so there is that tension even though we do have this like disney movie yeah you're waiting for it mm -hmm. yeah and that tension i think becomes key because one of the things i noticed while watching this was that the tone of the movie shifts radically and very quickly and without warning and will catch you off guard if you let it um because it is a movie first and foremost i think about the bond between between human and animal between mija and okja but also, we know this whole time that Okja is being bred for food. We know where this is going to go. So it kind of beguiles you into this fun, like, Disney movie sensibility where, as you said, uh, Kevin, there the... Okja has really good problem-solving skills. Clearly, is like more intelligent than the average pig. And we, as we discussed, pigs are one of the most intelligent, you know, livestock out there. Uh, you know, maybe even smarter than dogs and such. And... Um, we have to kind of, we, as we're watching this, it, you know, you do feel this levity in the scene and like the childlike innocence that we get to see. But the whole time we know, like if this pig is smarter than the average pig, it makes it almost more of a tragedy 
to you know have that pig just be livestock and be bred to be eaten so i think it is kind of like even though it gives us this comic relief that we need after that brutal kind of like corporate explanation scene in the beginning we still there's like i, I was still on edge because i'm like they're gonna at some point someone's gonna try to eat this damn pig absolutely yeah yeah and the the biggest thing for me was um that the movie kind of demonstrated really well and i love that the protagonist is like this little girl from uh like rural south korea right um that's just like how different these two worlds are and how meaning is so different like for for uh Misha, like the pig is like a pet it's like something she bonded over and something that's very functional for their survival out in their home but to, you know the capitalist um class it's just like the value generating commodity and it's just like treated completely differently and i remember when parasite came out there was an interview with or when it was when parasite was winning awards and getting a lot more more attention um bong chun ho had this quote saying something like i didn't i wasn't sure that the plot would translate to audiences abroad because uh parasite is set in, in korea and um but he said, at the end of the day, we all live in the same country, in the same country, which is capitalism. And I think that definitely is like taken to a, uh, you get to see that a lot in this movie because some, you know, some corporate bigwig in New York is making decisions that affects people around the world, including someone like Mija who lives in the remote mountains of Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The whole movie kind of uh, like generally I see like the structure of the movie as like it sets up here's this PR initiative by a corporation uh, and they're presenting to you what, what they're going to do. We're going to have this great food source, whatever. And then the rest of the movie is showing like the details, like what that actually looks like, not what they're selling you, yeah. but what, what is actually happening on the ground with the pigs and the people around it and the, uh, the, the actual processes that go into delivering this like manufactured PR campaigns promise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why I I might have mentioned this earlier, but um, it really has this like reverse heart of darkness um feel to it, where um, it's kind of like it's not right, but um, she's kind of venturing into the bowels of industrial advanced capitalism, and she's really getting to see the demystification of all these like symbols and relationships. I mean, like she first it starts off and it's, it's pretty whimsical, you know, like it's like pretty fun. It's fanfare. And then you kind of get deeper and deeper into the commodity chain and you kind of understand what's actually happening to get that pig processed. And yeah, it's fascinating. So you have uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, this has to be one of the weirdest roles I've seen him in. Uh, <laughs> He's great. Amazing. Wait, Jill, Jake Gyllenhaal was in this movie? Yeah, he's the, uh... <laughs> he's, hey, folks, he was good. <laughs> was he just he fit seamlessly Sam. into the role. Sam, talk about Johnny. So yeah, uh, as as a, we've been foreshadowing, there is a clash between, an inevitable clash between Mija's kind of idyllic rural upbringing and the brutal heart of capitalism in you know the tri-state area around New York. And the New York basically comes out to Mija to take the pig away from her. The people, the forces that be are this guy Mundo and then also Dr. Johnny played by Jake Gyllenhaal who has been monitoring Okja remotely through a chip that's like under Okja's ear. Uh, he shows up and immediately it shows that there's a contrast between the way Dr. Johnny who presents himself as kind of an animal lover, but we see how little, how 
little that love means under yeah, the kind of like, like clownish like bill nye like he's like also yeah. hosts their reality show he's like their 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 kind of mascot like figurehead yeah, right. yeah. yeah he's like neil degrasse tyson yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, like a, has a discovery channel show yeah, he's like a popular science guy but and he seems to be like an animal advocate but clearly if he's working for a corporation that is planning to create genetically engineered pigs so that they can eat them he's it's not like he is any friend to animals on any meaningful level if anything he's setting them up for this like brutal you know animal holocaust but Either way, um, he so they come they come out and he immediately is sort of like he grabs like Okja's like udders and stuff and he's just kind of <laughs> feeling and poking and prodding. Exactly, yeah. He's like looking at her at, at Okja the way as if Okja is like a piece of meat, which in his eyes Okja is a piece of meat. But obviously this is jarring for Mija, who is like, "What the hell are you doing to my friend?" Uh, and we start to see that class that clash. Um, he Bong Ju is the name of the grandfather of Mija. I think her parents are presumably dead or not in the picture. Uh, and he is played by Byun Hee Bong. And um, either way, the they the, it, we know obviously what they're there for, but we get to see kind of Mija coming to terms with the fact that they they are part of this. Like it's not. I think it's kind of well done in that you she realizes that this thing that she took for granted as just something she gets to do because she's a kid and why why wouldn't she have Ocha to play with? She's getting to start to see that this is kind of part of this larger you know apparatus that was designed without her in mind really whatsoever. And it is a ten year project they said in the beginning, so it's it's been raised I guess basically with her her whole life. So yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, uh, Johnny immediately demands that, like, the cameras be turned on so he can, like, film the scene for the reality show, uh, basically saying that Okja is going to be the, like, prized pig uh, <laughs> that they are going to bring to New York and have as part of their big, like, unveiling for this new, um, m- this new, like, meat that, this- that the Mirando company will be releasing. Um yeah, Okja expels Snot at being told he's going to New York. Like, he's really, like, you know, he's smart. Or she, is it, I, I, I don't is know. Okja, is Okja have a gender? I, I think Okja is a she because a lot of livestock that we eat, or, you know, not all of us, but the way that in the U.S. that is, like, marketed is usually female, I believe, whereas mm. males are reserved for breeding, so... I I, oh, and, and I assume that, Okja is a female later in the movie with the yeah, <laughs> yeah. talk about the total okay. shifts in this film but um, either way like w- Mija just sort of yeah gradually realizes that they are taking Okja back to New York and her grandfather it, like there's this this thing that he does where he she thinks that he is trying to save money to buy Okja so that Okja gets taken away but he actually spends the money on a golden pig. Uh, like mm-hmm. a solid gold pig medallion, not like a real pig that's made out of gold. Um, but it, but but yeah, um, he puts his money into that, and it's so that he can give that to her as a gift because it's very valuable. Yeah. And um, she, of course, is like, I don't want this. I want like my friend. I want my pet or my familiar at least. Uh, and that, and then she uh, like smashes their family piggy bank and takes the rest of their savings and leaves to go meet up with Okja who after uh, Okja is taken away by the Mirando Corporation. So uh, the grandpa says like basically she's not yours she's a celebrity now like the 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 pig uh, you know has 
a predestined life beyond like our little like uh, absolutely absolutely so i wanted to say this too i don't i don't remember a lot of it but i don't know something about a young girl protagonist and the hogs uh spirited away Uh, did you think of that at all Mm, I could, I yeah, could her see parents that. Get turned into hogs. Yeah, and she has to venture into this kind of mysterious world where like meanings are completely shifted yeah, and different, and aliens the rules are, don't make sense. The rules like... don't make sense. Yeah, and honestly, that was the most tragic for me. Um, I don't know if we want to deep dive yet, but I kind of, yeah, just thinking about the ending. You know, it kind of presents itself as like this optimistic thing, right? I, I think it was an actually very negative ending. Like, it was kind of sad to me. Um. And we could talk more about this later, um, but just she she isn't free. Like she has been fully incorporated into the capital circuits of like the capital's class, and like she is going, she's bringing this commodity back home, and it's it's I don't know, it's very sad watching her like progression. Yeah, when like uh, she's uh, when she says like I'm gonna go to Seoul and like find Okja. Yeah, that's like really, I guess, where things kick off because as soon as she's being like uh, reassured by her grandfather, like Okja's already gone, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, there's a great scene around there where it, it it's like the last shot where they're in the in the mountains where Mija lives, and then it just cuts right away to like an endless amount of people in like dark business attire in Seoul going up the stairs and uh, Mija is the only one dressed in like bright pink going downstairs like against the tide which I think is very Mm. visually visually well done but yeah so now we shift from the mountains to to the you know capital city the main center of or metropolitan center of South Korea Seoul and um, we started to see I I started to see at this point a lot of clashes between like kind of the natural normal world like the you know na- nature uh, the environment and the kind of anodyne corporate capitalist world represented by the city um, she there's a really good scene where she goes into the like the Mirando building and can't talk to the receptionist uh, who is sur- separated from her by a glass window she's not, she cannot talk to this person unless she picks up the phone there's like this kind of very uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. like functional alienation just in that even within that room that i think is kind of setting the tone for what we're going to see later on it's just like their basic ability to communicate like even it's not just the language and cultural barriers it's like this literal just like how you communicate is different fundamentally she uh she comes from a place where all of her like like in marx you know commodity is a use value and an exchange value like she lives in a world of use values like she yeah. gets her food directly from nature uh okja is a friend and partner and like confidant um and then she loses okja for a, a little golden pig which is only useful in its exchange value oh uh, i cannot and, wait to delve more into <laughs> into that yeah and then she she goes to the city right but like, yeah it's like it's like this is worthless to me i just want like yeah want but friend. it's like yeah, it's the most valuable thing to this fucking ceo who like owns everything already she just stops talking immediately and just like fascinated drooling over this like golden pig <laughs> She she moved when she goes to the city. She moves from like this environment of uh, like self sufficiency and use values to this total alien world where 
it's all exchange values like, so she she yeah. breaks into the Mirando uh not breaks in but I guess she like breaks no, she the literally glass. does yeah I mean, like, she, ignoring property rights what the hell does that mean like, yeah <laughs> she 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 totally just rushes the glass instead of trying to like use because because it's not in her vocabulary to like pick up it's it's weird to her to pick yeah. up the phone to enter the door she's like I'm just coming in through the fucking glass and she thinks she literally breaks through the glass barrier and yeah, there badass. is yeah and then she and then later on after she's I mean she's doing this for one reason and she just wants to find Ocha and uh, again more of like the clash between her kind of like more natural rural upbringing and the like the just uh, unnaturalness of the city she is like running to try to catch up with the truck that is ca- is transporting Ocha, and I mean, we're we're just talking about it, but like all of these scenes are really well choreographed, like great action scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, very mm-hmm. very uh, indicative of Bong Joon Ho's ability to weave together multiple genres in one film. He's a genius. And, and yeah, it's so- impossible esque stunts where she uh, is on the top of the truck, and there's a very low uh, bridge, and she like oh, swings yeah. to the back of the truck. It was like it was like great. <laughs> Like, yeah, so. very well choreographed, like and yeah. directed. Yeah, she's like a total action hero because she like comes from the from the mountains where she's like doing all the kind of hijinks we saw with Swing Ocha before. She's just oh, completely yeah. jacked and like a total action hero throughout all these scenes, which I think is funny. But this this is when she meets up with I guess another kind of alien force, but one that's like not aligned with her necessarily or with the capitalists. In fact, they're actually aligned directly against the capitalists. This is the animal liberation front who is this kind of like anarchist left lefty organization of people who are, I guess they kind of like, I think it's what people think uh, Greenpeace is like or something like eco terrorists. The, the, yeah, ELF, yeah. Is, the ALF is real. I the real know. life yeah. Yeah. organization. Uh, were yeah. they the ones who ran uh, like when with their tits out when like Bernie was on the stage? No, 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 no. The they they don't do shit like that. Like they're like yeah, like underground like eco terrorists. Like uh, in real life, they like steal little baby pigs and stuff. Yeah, from actually, factory farms, and it's actually they kept breaking into these factory farms and recording the horrible stuff going in there to the point that the the corporations lobbied Congress that is like extremely against the law to do that. You cannot go in there and film anything. Um, and recently there's a story in the intercept, uh, Glenn Greenwald talks about uh, the, the ALF stole, uh, if you want to call it that, <laughs> um, some, some animals uh, from a factory farm and the FBI uh, has been hunting them down. Like, like number one on their list of people to get, like going crazy, like following them, harassing their families, like trying to get, I think it's like, like one goat or something like that. Like, it's not like, uh, but, but they really criminalize uh, these like direct action techniques. Like these like anarchists. It's almost like, I guess if you show, yeah, if you show it, then you might, uh, actually disrupt like the production chain that right no yeah. but that's the thing but um, also it doesn't <laughs> yeah. which well, is also yeah. kind of part of this movie yeah. but that's that's what i find what bong joon ho does best it, he kind of shows how just just um alien just like he 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 juxtaposes the humanistic side of society and like how it's actually structured and just shows the severe disconnect between the two and you know what JR said is right. Cause, um, 
I was reading this interview, um, I get the collider did it, but uh, Bong actually says, you know, he spent um, three years, not three years, but he spent some time um, talking to these ALF members before this movie was created. And actually one of them spent like several years in prison for trying to <laughs> rescue an animal. And it's, and it's just like, yeah, it's a felony. It, it, yeah, that, that, that's insane. Like, I mean, it's true though, because I guess what movements and organizations like that do is really expose um, the parts of the commodity chain that shouldn't be exposed to the public. And that's very much against the interests of the capitalist class when their front-facing persona is very much to their stakeholders and like how sustainable this is. Like, yeah. So going into that scene, there's a really funny like slapstick kind of like trumpet, like almost reminding me of like a Benny Hill sort of thing, where uh, they're escaping uh, and they uh, get Okja into sort of the tunnel uh, in Seoul, I guess, and. Uh, yeah. Clearly, a lot of people are filming it. A lot of people are seeing it. They run through the subway, which is a great scene because you realize, like, oh, shit, like, the lid's blown off this a little bit of whatever their the corporate plan was, this, like, great unveiling. That's also the scene I just thought we, we, should, we should mention it, the scene where the truck driver who is, like, I guess works for Mirando quits because he says, like, his job sucks. Like that was very deliberately put in. He's like, yeah. I, I just work here. <laughs> this guy is a whole mood. Uh, it's yeah. actually the actor who plays him is Troy Wushik, who plays the lead in uh, Parasite. Oh! Yeah. Oh! Yeah, yeah. Wow. It is. No, it totally is. But... Bong uses, uh, you know, he recycles actors a lot because he likes to work with the same people, so. No, I mean, he that totally makes sense. does. I've seen yeah. a, a ton of his uh, of his movies in the last like year or so, and you see similar actors come up. But it's also because these actors are really talented, so he knows what to he knows what he's looking for. But uh, yeah, this guy's like a whole mood. He's like I, he's literally in the middle of like witnessing all of us. It's just like I don't give a shit. Like this is the company's truck. It's not mine. I don't care. Yeah. And it's right. just like I can't. I cannot empathize enough as like someone i don't know just like a fucking worker in this shitty world that we're in right now especially with like the covid thing just the idea that i have to i'm supposed to like pretend to care about my job as i'm like hammering stuff into a keyboard oh, you know mm -hmm. just so alienated from my labor could not be more uh, i don't know despondent I, I i just felt such a kinship with this dude absolutely yeah yeah the guy i mean so so he works for the big bad evil corporation uh, but not really by choice. Like he's just looking for a job. Yeah. Like he's he can drive trucks, so he gets a job driving a truck. Uh, it happens to be that he's like doing something the audience uh, finds, you know, is part of a an evil corporation and stuff like that. But uh, he's just trying to do his job, and as soon as it gets it's like dangerous for him just like fuck that and i think that's like yeah. most of us like even like you know a lot of people in like the lower levels like carrying out work for whatever like if you work at google or amazon or something like you're not you don't love them like yeah <laughs> you hate yeah. them like they're your fucking boss yeah, like <laughs> yeah like right. they fucking suck like i'm just i don't want to be doing this but i'm just trying to get a paycheck so I can right get groceries it sort of reminds me of like in Star Wars, I always feel like there should be some scene where like 
what the stormtroopers have to like shoot a bunch of like Jedi or something, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. come on, like I-, I know I'm about to get like my ass. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. An action movie should be like, all right, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Like, what am I gonna yeah, be the yeah. one stormtrooper who like lands a, a shot on Obi Wan Kenobi? No, like if yeah. it was more realistic, they'd be like, all right, all right, all right, I'm gonna go try to find <laughs> a new right, job. Yeah, yeah. Is, they're not paying me enough for this shit. But um, but yeah, so I, I think that's such a funny detail, and I totally agree with like how uh, such a fun way to portray someone who's stuck in this kind of uh, in this kind of brutal machine. But it's also funny during these scenes, people are obsessed with getting Okja on like Instagram. Like people are so <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many selfie sticks. Like you're oh, seeing disgusting. like this gigantic like hippo looking thing that you've never. There's no way you've ever seen anything like this in your life. And the reaction is like, oh hey, uh, listen followers, I'm going live with yeah. the massive like livestock in the subway right now. Right, <laughs> I think- right. I don't know. Enjoy the moment. Do. That's what people do, though. Like during mass shootings and shit, people yep. do that, you know. So, oh yeah, it definitely That's... felt like what would what would happen in in a public setting. It's <laughs> funny, and this is kind of theoretical, but uh, you know, Foucault's Panopticon, just very generally, just like the whole idea of the prison. And I forgot there's a there's a there's something a new contribution where was talk, someone's talking about the Synopticon, where basically rather than one person looking out it's kind of the whole public looking into the private life now. So all oh, cameras are pointed inward into the pu- private sphere rather than the, than the other way. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Oh, As yeah, we're yeah. all doing right now, yeah. all four yeah, of us yeah. broadcasting the In insides our of our apartment. The most sacred Zoom. room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to like the Zoom corporation or whatever the fuck. Right. But, um... Hey, Zoom overlords. <laughs> well, I want to also, yeah, hi, hi uh, Zoom. Uh, Who owns this shit? China, Zuckerberg? China. No. I think it's China, right? Oh yeah, the CCP. Um, so okay. please liberate us, President Xi. Please. please, my country is talk. dying. We yearn for freedom. I want to talk about just a couple of the quick little like uh, action, like this very these these two things reminded me almost of like Rush Hour, like <laughs> the uh, using the marbles to like do the old slip and fall with like the Mirando Corps like security chasing Amazing. them. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah, like Home Alone. Well, Scooby-Doo. Also, because the ALF are all like non-violent anarchists, so they all have yeah. this hilarious dialogue where they're like, I'm sorry, I'm about to like immobilize you, but I'm trying not to do violence for to you before yeah. they have to like drop like the Mirando security guards or like the police or something. So yeah, oh they God. use they could yeah, I love that. They use like the marbles and stuff to do like this non-violent deterrence of the military procedure. Kind of reminds me of like the I, I know footage of like in uh, like protesters using i guess like uh, laser pointers to disrupt like right. radar uh, or, or um whatever in like, when when like military militarized police try to crack down on nonviolent protests and yeah you right. fuck up their aim you bring down their drones and stuff yeah. also with lasers yeah also gotta mention just the classic scene uh mija pets okja to have him shit on the Miranda court <laughs> stooge yeah the awesome truck, like like runs away and then he just like really depressed covered in like oak just like shit calls his wife and i wrote this <laughs> down he says hey baby it's me what kind of body wash do we have <laughs> <laughs> he's like like lemon lime scent or something like covered in shit 
so yeah, this scene is definitely like one of the highlights of the film, but either way, um, we eventually, the ALF prevails and they capture Okja and they have Mija and they're, uh, and they explain to Mija that Okja is actually being taken to Paramus, New Jersey. Shout out. Hey, uh, shout out. We're all Burke and County <laughs> boys here. So. I went to BCC, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, where supposedly Okja was created in a lab there. She was not this like miraculous specimen found, or just, she's not descended from this miraculous specimen found in the forests in Chile or whatever like corporate spin story that Tilda Swinton was telling us earlier instead she is just she is literally just a corporate product of genetic engineering and all natural promises of the brand are completely fake absolutely Uh, you know Mm -hmm. the the, uh, fact that it's it's non-gmo is completely fake um you know, you have uh, some great casting uh, in the ALF members. Uh, Paul Dano and Steven Yoon play Jay. Love them. Oh, Glenn. Oh, Two I heroes. love Glenn. Shout yeah. out, Glenn. Oh, my uh, God. The first Shudder, watch this movie Mayhem. It's pretty good. Really? Um, yeah, I can, I can vouch for that one. It's like a, a corporate hierarchy gets entirely overturned when people start like contracting a disease and start killing one another. Oh, oh, is the lead in that. It's a highly enjoyable, delirious movie to get drunk to if you're into that. Oh, also, I don't know which one, which one of the like what this guy's name was, but I love that one of the guys in the ALF. Like he's like, I won't. He barely eats anything because all basically all food production is evil. That guy, right. yeah, he's like about it's just like the impossibility. Yeah, right. I feel like later, like you know, during the parade scene, he gets handed like a salami, and you just feel so bad for him. Oh, the salami. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there Okja is actually being taken to Paramus. The super big competition is actually just one big PR front for the company to avoid the fact that they're, you know, marketing these genetically modified animals. And uh, the ALF wants to get video from inside the lab. So uh, I am finding out apparently that this is consistent with what they're like in real life. I I promise I do lots of research for this show, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's just too much to know these days. So it's not my fault. Oh yeah. But, Either way, uh, they want to get into the lab and they also uh, significantly, they want to use Ocha as a kind of Trojan horse to get her into the lab and use a hidden camera that looks like the black box that I mentioned earlier that's under Ocha's ear to record the conditions in the lab so they can like blow the whistle on this whole thing. Right, right. And this whole time, uh, Jay, who is the leader of the ALF, played by Paul Dano, uh, who does not speak Korean, is relaying this to Kay, uh, played by Steven Yoon, who does speak Korean and is like translating to Mija. And um, Kay, there, the at the end, Kay lies. He asks he he's supposed to tell Mija that she has the option to that because because this obviously presents a significant risk to Okja. She has the option to just say no to this whole idea since they're using her friend and her familiar as the Trojan horse to get into the factory. She has total ability to say no, but. Um, she does say no. She says, no, I want to go back to the mountains with Ocha. And right. Kay lies to Jay because he's so committed to this plan that he actually kind of overrides the desire of, you know, the basically uh, Mija is like an indigenous person attached to this plan. And um, he overrides that and says, oh, no, she's totally fine with it. And then, so, of course, Mija is totally confused when 
all the ALF people jump into the wa- into the water because they're like on a bridge when this happens. They let Och- Okja and Mija get captured by the police and, you know, Miranda. And she's just like, what the fuck? So she's basically been betrayed first by, I mean, by everyone in this movie. She's betrayed by her grandfather who sells the, instead of buying the pig back, which was never really a possibility. He just instead buys her a golden commodity for her to sell as if that would replace her friendship with Ocha. She's betrayed by the corporation, which takes away her friend. And then she's betrayed by the ALF, which is instead of actually trying to help her directly has kind of gone rogue and is like uh, advancing their own plan at her expense. Right, right. I forgot about that. That was a hard betrayal, yeah. Yeah, and it if almost could... shows how even the like uh it almost shows how even the like people fighting like the definitely like worse people uh are flawed and definitely uh will pursue perhaps uh causes uh you know a sort of like mm-hmm. ends justify the means uh mindset. So I'm really interested in that uh part of it. Like the ALF plays like a really interesting role uh in the movie because like they're up against the like just monstrous you know capitalist machine uh just death machine uh and they play around with like the psychology and like the tactics of the alf where you know they're using marbles because they don't want to hurt people that badly um they uh k is a k who lies to j yeah uh about the translation. Uh, yeah the translation um and later we can get into it but they you see a little various degrees of violence uh by the alf that kind of goes against their spoken like creed or whatever and it it re- it's like a really interesting um just like i don't think Bond comes down on it either way, but it's just like an observation of like what fighting this system looks like. And it reminded me of uh, this this poem by Bertrand uh, Brecht that I'm butchering because he's German. Uh, but the whole thing, you know, for him, it's about uh, communists and leftists in the middle of the 21st, uh, 20th century fighting the Nazis, all those things, and like all the atrocities that were committed on both sides. And uh, he says in it, uh, for we knew only too well, even the hatred of squalor makes the brow grow stern. Even anger against injustice makes the voice grow harsh. Alas, we who wish to lay the foundations of kindness could not ourselves be kind. Um, and that is kind of like a paradox for the left always uh, throughout history. And I think they make like a good point of that in this movie. Like even the people who want to end it, who want to do good have are forced or choose to because they're flawed, you know, into uh, these actions that go against their personal values. Um, and I, I think this, it's a small part of the movie, but I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've heard that take that he does actually portray pretty well and pretty honestly, the dynamics in like, a smaller organization like this or a, you know, ostensibly left-wing organization where the different personality, I mean, K, we later find out that K made that decision to lie unilaterally and Jay is pissed off 
when he finds out that Kay lied to him and translated the wrong thing. And, uh, and they, they, we get to see kind of like those dynamics within just like the members of the ALF and like how they disagree with one another, but they still have to kind of, uh, you know, find a way to make it, to make it work since they're, like you said, up against this extremely like well, well-funded and well, and uh, well-organized machine that they're trying to overthrow. But Either way, um, I think it's funny also watching the scene where the Mirando employees are seeing, they're watching uh, the capture of Okja. And it kind of looks like the, the footage that we saw of when like, like Hillary Clinton and like Barack Obama, when they killed Osama bin Laden, they're like <laughs> looking very sternly like over those computers. So <laughs> that's just kind of what it reminded me of. Um, yeah, um, she's uh, reassured by, I know he's at the meeting. I'm not sure if he's the one who said it, but um, the the Gus from Breaking Bad, like Giancarlo Esposito, was mm-hmm. was one of her employees. And uh, Lucy is reassured she's not a psycho uh, compared to her sister. Like she definitely has this inferiority complex still about taking over the Mirando core from her sister. Yeah, she wants to be like kinder about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely a Theranos feel to the whole thing. Mm. You know, a, a sort of like she's. She's like it, she's holding it all together just like by a thread, you know. Yeah, yeah, and we get to at this point we pivot and we're in the Mirando headquarters in this like very pristine and anodyne like New York, uh, you know, executive building yeah. uh, overlooking Central Park. We've shifted and again in terms of the uh, setting and you know the class level even of what we're seeing. Uh, to see kind of the inside of the upper circle of Mirando. So yeah, as you said, Lucy, who is played by Tilda Swinton, is criticizing endlessly her sister, Nancy, who is also played by Tilda Swinton. They're twins. But Lucy is the kind of, she has, uh, we mentioned this earlier before we started recording, but she has braces on. She's yeah. actually like, she's kind of like this avatar of liberal, like feminist, uh, na- corporate naivete, where yeah. she- the Warren voters? Oh, yeah. yeah 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 uh, sorry guys i'm gonna use a harsh term right here but she's a bit of a karen uh, oh, whoa, whoa. that's very yeah, offensive I'm willing to, i use a hard end here <laughs> but either way yeah she thinks she wants to maintain this kind of illusion that she can have all this power and privilege and get all this attention mm. and do a good thing for the world like she kind of drinks her own kool-aid and uh, of course, as you mentioned, Frank Dawson, played by Giancarlo Esposito, you know, Gus from Breaking Bad and Better Call oh. Saul, is much more realistic. He's an associate with the co- corporation, but uh, he doesn't seem to like, like, he doesn't really have much tolerance for all this kind of like liberal highfalutin, you know, posturing that Lucy is doing. And he also sort of feeds her ideas. We saw it in the opening sequence where he's mouthing the the very beginning of the movie 10 years ago, uh, where she's mouthing, he's mouthing what she is saying, like all the kind of li- like liberal PR nonsense, where he's clearly kind of like pulling the strings more. And uh, he's in the shadows in that scene. So we can kind of imagine him as this figure who wants to keep doing the unfettered capitalism that the older guard of the Miranda Corporation did and is just sort of going along with the charade of what Lucy is doing to try to rebrand as like a woke company. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we can see like how unsustainable that kind of commodity chain is actually in practice. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. impossible not to be what it is. Yeah. Like no matter how you could sell it different ways, but a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah it is what it is. 
I think so. another funny character here is the, uh, there's this like, I, I hate to use this word too, but sh she's kind of a shrill operative played by Shirley Henderson, uh, who was the <laughs> actress who played Moaning Myrtle in the- Oh my God, oh my God. God. no way. So I didn't realize that. Every time I see her, I just see the face of like, fucking Moaning Myrtle again. Um, I felt so bad for her. <laughs> but yeah, she's kind of like this like, it sort of reminds me of like a striver millennial where like we're not at the top of these corporations or anything. We're mm -hmm. just kind of trying to claw our way through, you know, lower and then like middle rungs of like the massive companies that, you know, if, if you're employed in the private sector that you work for and, um, it, she's another middle kind management of like, or die baby yeah i think it's really good showing the dynamics not just of like the alf which we discussed a little earlier but also within the corporation there's kind of these like uh different different personalities and different people trying to get the organization to move in their particular direction yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so to uh move move forward in the plot a little lucy bemoans uh Mija getting on the news being chased by the miranda security but really not for any reason, like not, anyone, she doesn't like, she's not like, oh, did anyone get hurt? She's like, oh no, it's like really bad PR for us. Yeah. So she decides uh, that they will invite Mija to New York City where she can be the new face of the Mirando Corporation. Oh, she's young, man. pretty, female, eco-friendly, global. <laughs> it's literally like, she like is like a robot who like analyzes yeah. her for her like, buzzword potential for value yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. terrible like the word. yeah global calling a person global, global. yeah but like yeah. extremely familiar to us yeah yeah, yeah. but that's <laughs> that's the thing bong joon who does so well at showing it's like the, the the dynamics of like colonizing this like part of the world that is so alienated from where global capital sits and seeing them as something that can package what could a, a, accumulate them more capital. But right. she's not global. She's actually quite the opposite. Yeah, she's very but, provincial. Like, she's yeah, from the woods. Yeah, but, yeah. like, that's the unfortunate thing of why I think it has such a pessimistic tone at the end. Um, Neil Brenner, who's, like, this um, neo-Marxist urban planner, he talks about how um, he, he incorporates the, a Marxist analysis of globalization and how he says that the whole world is global is urbanizing. And yeah. what this means is that like capital is always expanding and finding ways to feed where global capital sits, I guess, global cities, like whatever you want to think about it, but think of how all these spaces like um, rice fields in Argentina, um, like um, right. All these like rural areas are being transformed to generate capital towards the urban what we consider the cities so that's why it's so pessimistic because it's this young girl who like just doesn't know anything about this just slowly being dragged in because of her kinship and traditional ties to this pig and now she's like a part of this like capital circuit that she can't escape it's it's i don't know yeah, it's totally because I mean, capitalism doesn't survive. It, it feeds off of not just not just consumption, but growth. Like yeah. it has to always be expanding. It's like the fucking Borg or something. Exactly. And um, very manifest so, destiny. Exactly. Yeah. So question. from the perspective of the corporation, yeah, yeah Mija's from the woods and she's happy there. But they, they're from their angle, they're like, oh, you get to like 
improve your lot. Like we're coming right. out to you. Like they act like not only, obviously they're doing this for themselves and they're using her, but their, their branding is such that they're like uplifting this person. Yeah, like, they're helping fine. like third world countries. Like it's, it's very uh, like colonial. And they're fine. <laughs> like it's just this concept of improvement. Like how, what do you mean by improvement? Well, it's like a very like Western European, like, uh, outsource colonial version of it where exactly yeah you're doing fine but like want to be great if you could take all the it's things very around you to call yeah like, yeah like well, let, let's take all these things around you and let's uh make them profitable because that's that's good like isn't that think, better <laughs> do you think mija only ex- like doesn't accept being condescended to like that and like take the deal like like she's not inclined to immediately accept the deal to like come to new york because she's like a kid like yeah. if she was older like, that's the, the only whole, thing like, crux of this is that she's like a child and if she was at, at all older that's at why it's point she might have taken the deal that's why it's more tragic because like you understand the thing that kind of saves the um saves her and the and okja is like this this like really adult language of like value it's it's like and not just like human value but like use value um and the grandpa understands that like they're from the same society and like they live the same but it's this like she is her alienation from like what capital is and like what wage labor is like and what value is it's like it's it's tragic like that's another layer we also get lucy on the phone with her sister uh who says to her literally you go girl i just want to point <laughs> that out yeah. oh girl boss and then she sends her a painting of like herself like she sends lucy a painting of lucy total uh, dom total dom move, move yeah total <laughs> alpha move yeah, yeah. <laughs> so either way we got to see some of the uh some of the kind of like white floored marble office uh hi- of life of the high executives of manhattan. miranda corporation in manhattan oh, and yeah. now we get to see there's a, in terms of and this is the, probably like the biggest tonal shift in the movie at least for me we see the underbelly uh, the underpinnings of this corporate empire and all that you know nice privilege that they enjoy in the in the high-rise apart uh, office building we go to Paramus, New Jersey, in the, the meatpacking plant where Ocha has been sent. And now remember, the ALF has attached like a camera under the ear of Ocha. So they're recording everything that's going on. And Ocha is like, it seems like Dr. Johnny, who is taking care of her, is sort of emotionally torn up over this. But I don't know how much I buy his crocodile tears, given that he literally engineered this whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, I imagine he's like, dr- he's drunk. And he's, you know what he's drinking? He's drinking soju, which makes me, I'm like thinking, did he steal that from, from Mija's house? Because that would be a little too perfect. Like if he went and stole the pig and then also just grabbed a bottle or or two of soju on the way out. I thought that was the weird little detail that I noticed um, was that he was drinking soju. And um, Ocha is led into this uh, lab and there's all these like demented looking baby pigs. I mean, you feel so bad for these little animals who have been uh, genetically modified. Uh, Kevin, yeah. what, what did that scene kind of, I know like Sam mentioned the tonal shift, but like your heart of darkness metaphor, I think that definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, is. you the when I say the bowels of advanced industrial capitalism, I mean the bowels. Like she gets to see like how, how commodity assigns meaning to like parts of animals. She It's right in front of her that, that 
that pig afloat uh, on that assembly line smacks her body, you know, that dead pig. And it, it just, she has to confront all of this, but to a, to a meaning, to a, to a relationship that she finds kinship meaning to, you know what I mean? Yeah, They're just like body pigs. parts and yeah. like, it's, it's, it's tragic. I'm watching a young child. I think it really speaks to like all of us, like growing up in, um, in like working class or just, I guess all, all of us just, how we have to confront and deny this human nature part of us because we are tied to wage labor and we need to survive. It's, 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 we need a uh, commodity. <laughs> yeah. And we see like the fucking most brutal scene of the whole fucking movie right now where, um, it fucked me up. Yeah. Uh, an absolute brute of a, of a hog, like, uh, named Alfonso. <laughs> is released by Jake Gyllenhaal's Dr. Johnny, who I think he's still in his like denim shorts and like Hawaiian shirt kind of look. Yeah. Look, it's fucking, and you know, he's got this very like thick, like broom handle mustache. It's, it's a really, uh, it's a really insane character. He's the only one that I like how Bon Joon Ho shows this, but like he's the only one that he is in such a unique position where he is like an animal advocate, so to speak, but he's also needs that job. You know, there's that scene when he's like, I'm going to examine my options. And uh, uh, Tilda's like, you're going to examine your what? Have you examined them yet? Well, yeah, he's pissed that they, they would make Mija the, the like spokesperson over him. You know, right. he's used to being the corporate whore for this company. Right. But he, he's the only one with this tension between the two identities he has. Yeah. Like, and it's great that he, they show that. Yeah, and yes. that tension is exhibited by his guilt at, uh, as Dan was beginning to explain, he's oh, going yeah. to have Okja forcibly breed with a much larger kind of brutish male oh. uh, gen genetically engineered pig. So, like, again, like, the Alfonso. shift is really massive. Alfonso yep. is the name of that pig. Thank you, yep. Dan. But um, he also, like, extracts meat from her using, from Okja, oh. using, like, a little tube, basically, which is, is jammed into her to pull it out so you can oh. get a sample of, like, the... They talk about how well marbled the meat is and how delicious it is before they cook it and, like, sample it. Um, so even though he does want to say he's, like, this animal lover, and he's really kind of, like, engineering this whole production line, and he's clearly torn up over it, but in he the end result... He's speakable place. Yeah, and in the end result, like, he, it's... Like, however much he wants to say he's an animal lover, he's as almost he's much more responsible for this system than most of the other characters in the movie mm -hmm. yeah he's definitely in it i mean it's like the fucking psychiatrists at uh like uh guantanamo bay and shit like torturing people like uh he has a specialty and he has you know maybe animals were his passion uh, when he was younger, if you like speculate on the character, yeah, yeah. like, and it gets totally like corrupted and co-opted and he, uh, gets, you know, sells his soul and, but he's still a human being. So he's totally like fucked up about it. Uh, but that weird moment yeah. where he's like crying on the floor yes, and he tries to like feed of. the soju to yeah. Georgia, like almost yeah. like to say Sorry, like we're the same almost like yeah like let's like, commiserate so together <laughs> yeah just like the fundamental denial of like human nature like i think that i kind of want to go down that thread a little bit too because like you kind of see that with tilda too like 
her motivations, like, yes, she's an evil capitalist and like she has like a corporation that like, you know, like exploits the planet. But at the same time, her, her only motivation is really tied to her kinship group and like right, this like fundamental need issues. to like, yeah, yeah. And this is like fundamental need to like impress her family and like all this stuff that's just like very much from childhood, but has been like mutated into like this thing as we grow up. Yeah, she has this really memorable quote where um, it, they're talking about having, uh, you know, her sister Nancy release some like press for the for the upcoming thing, and uh, she says something like, "Keep Nancy out; she frightens people." And someone else in the room says, "You frighten people too," <laughs> like, <laughs> which is yeah. amazing because I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of like corporate types, like corporate liberal people who act like they're like the one good one and like they should yeah. be the face of like this entity. And while the corporate world is happy to like exploit that and use it to their own means, it doesn't mean that you're any less, you're still the same entity. Like you, you still terrify people, even if you try to put a nicer face on it. Oh, okay, I also yeah. have to say, maybe it's like being locked inside for what now as we record is like six or seven weeks. Um, I don't know, man. Like, this scene of the Alfonso being brought in to breed and like it's really like you know a rape scene yeah that's how mm -hmm. it's played it's almost like uh something you'd see in like a torture or horror kind of movie yeah it's like um, saw yeah. shit even like the lighting yeah. and the yeah it didn't but I, I I don't know if it brought this out of you guys but I don't know I it, it kind of fucked me up about how like just uh nature uh works <laughs> and, uh, even though that was like a forced breeding thing it's like there's obviously uh i don't know it's like uh i think i think you're seeing there how like a lot of our stuff is produced yeah, yeah. Process yeah. And, like, i want to actually <laughs> talk about that for a second if that's okay yeah Go please. like you know the the, the whole movie is like uh, I've talked to people and like, oh, I watch Ocha. I'm like, damn, like, I want to be a vegetarian now and stuff. And you can, like, s part of this conversation has turned into, like, a culture war, as some people might say. Like, uh, you know, like, I'm a you vegan. Like Gorka literally, like, they're going to take your hamburgers. Yeah, yeah. They're going to take your hamburgers. Like, that's yeah. taking your freedom. But even the other side, like, the vegans who are, like, like, like very, like, lifestyle, like, this is my identity. I'm a vegan, and like my whole life is about that and stuff. Uh, I respect why. that. I'm a vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah shit like that. Like, you know, they get famous like the pretentious vegan versus the like Neanderthal, like conservative meat eater. Um, and it kind of is like very American to focus on uh, just like two individuals and like their opinions on like the food system and not focus really on the fact that like factory farming is so insanely unnatural like mm -hmm. one you can talk about you can use the emotional like moral appeal like it's wrong to treat animals like this like it's wrong to treat another living thing like put them in like a two-foot cage and like you know they're like rubbing against each other all the other animals are all packed and they're like blisters and shit and like in their own filth and that's like horrible. Like if any of us watch animal torture, we'd be like, this is fucking dark and horrible and I feel terrible inside. Um I hope so. Yeah, but animal like that torture is like what serial killers do when they're kids. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. We do it on like an industrial scale. Like 
Yeah. And it's not even just that moral part. Like, set that aside, as big of an issue as that is. Like, there's, um, I was reading, there's this article in The Nation that's really good, if anyone wants to read it, called Rural America Doesn't Have to Starve to Death. And it's in the uh, show notes. Oh, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, I'll send it to you guys. It's talks about, like, the whole system of factory farming and farming in general, where these, uh, you know, monopoly corporations uh, come in and, you know, they bought up all the farms and all the farmers, uh, you know, it's complicated, but they're in debt to the companies, to these big monopolies. And these monopolies sell them little piglets to raise in a factory farm and slaughter and everything. And then they sell the piglets back to the company. And it's like, Mm -hmm. they're in a state of dependency to these monopolies. Um, that aren't just, you know, they're destroying the farming communities, they're destroying, like, these animals and stuff. They're destroying the environment. Uh, In in the Nation article, this is how they describe it. Uh, Long buildings with shiny roofs, often side by side in two, threes, or fours. Uh, They're called CAFOs, Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations. Mm. Uh, That is a factory farm. Uh, In each one, thousands of pigs or tens of thousands of chickens are packed tightly together in stinking, ammonia-laden darkness, stuffed with antibiotics, their manure falling through slatted floors and coalescing in pits where it rots into a toxic stew that is then spread on fields as fertilizer, raising a stinking haze that can send nearby residents fleeing indoors. This animal sewage pollutes local water sources, and a lot of it ends up in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, where, you know, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration warned recently uh, that it's contributing to a dead zone about the size of New Jersey in the Gulf of Mexico, just the size of New Jersey, a place where no life can live in the ocean. And arguably another dead zone. Yeah, there's no... There's no, uh, this isn't even like about climate change or anything else. Like just the amount of like raw animal sewage, like due to the conditions that the animals are in, like just flowing into the Gulf of Mexico is just killing all life there. And it's part of like realizing that all this stuff, even besides the moral issue, besides the economy issue, uh, we are also animals and i don't mean this in like a hippie way like we are also animals in that we depend on ecosystems that we live inside and the ecosystems are you know nets of different relationships with different animals and stuff like that and we think that we can just be separate from it like nature Absolutely. is something else and we are one thing and we use nature absolutely uh, to to create a profit to whatever but we're not like you create a dead zone you fuck up the fishing industry uh we are in very like intimate relationships with the world around us and the animals and around us and the natural resources that nobody has any idea we don't even know we're in these relationships and that's part of what this movie is the audience viewing through the eyes of a child the relationships that like produce society that produce the food that we eat absolutely um and, the, and i think yeah, that's I'm getting kind of off on a tangent but yeah. i think that's kind of why um i was talking earlier about planetary urbanization like if you look at the full extent of these commodity chains and this is what global means to tilda 
when she says global, this is what she's talking about. The incorporation of like um, uh, farming and rural regions and um, incorporation into the global economy where her product is then transferred and we then drastically affects the lands, the natural landscape, like all the yeah. way down to the sewage in Gulf of Mexico. And we think we are separate from all these effects because we only see the language of property, but the language of property is not something that's really resonates with me, Amisha. The language of like kinship and love and relationships is what resonates with her and drives her throughout the whole movie. And yeah. you just see the antagonists of like just beating her down as she goes deeper and deeper. I mean, that's the thing. She's like representative of like a, of like a human being exactly uh, like, <laughs> like everything else is unnatural like right, she is right. like like most people want to be healthy and their loved ones to be healthy and to like live their lives and not have too much hardship um and like that's it but like what the way we've organized society the way this society is organized in this movie it's impossible to do that mm-hmm. um i i do want to read one more line from uh, the nation because it has uh, a sentence that i've never read before in my entire life uh and you'll know it when i say it um the so it's so like these big it's not even about the individual that like i was saying before it is all about in the end these monopoly corporations making money uh and so the nation says uh, big firms began to buy up and lock up the whole food chain uh, from pig semen all the way to your dinner table. Mm, uh, <laughs> uh, they took, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> they took those farm services in-house bypassing local producers. The big firms may, for example, replace community banks with bigger wall street players. Uh, they don't use a local lawyer they may not need a local seed dealer they may not need a local tractor dealer and on and on and on uh these companies they own the pigs they own their semen they own their shit as fertilizer they own the housing that they're in they own the distribution of the meat like so i'm more i'm a little sympathetic to like militant vegans but you know they're not doing anything yeah to fight this sorry this can we they name, own everything can you name this episode um pig semen as property <laughs> uh, we'll see uh, <laughs> this is a family show you'll have to submit that to the editorial board of the uh, hog planet podcast oh great bureaucracy decisions they're way above sam and i we, we just hope no no yeah we're, we're, we're answerable to above the board. our pay grade yeah the board we answer um, to tilda swinton and the mirando company <laughs> So, yeah, we're seeing the whole underbelly of this disgusting system through the camera under Oakja's ear, and we're watching the ALF watch this video. And they're all, a lot of them are kind of, there's a, there's a variety of opinions in the ALF about what they're seeing. A lot of them are like, we should never have sent Oakja in to do this. This is so awful. You know, is it worth it to put the animal through this, even if we're getting this footage that, is kind of exactly what we were after with this whole endeavor. And yeah, Jay gets extremely mad at Kay when Kay reveals that he, you know, mistranslated Mija and said that she was okay with the plan instead of accurately relaying her response, which is that she wanted to go back into the mountains with Okja. And he, I mean, Jay beats the shit out of Kay and throws him out of the group. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I feel like it's crucial to mention that, um, Kay, who again is Steven Yoon, uh, 
and Jay, great performance by Paul Dano. I, I really yeah. like him in this one. Um, Kay uh, says, I couldn't stop the mission. This was the coolest mission ever. <laughs> a great line because it showed just how kind of, even though these are people probably doing like the most heroic shit in the movie, it's still like they're kind of naive. Yeah. Like, kind of like what we were talking about before where you're never going to find like the perfect like revolutionary, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're faced with, like, what would you guys do in that situation? I don't know what I would do. Like, about Ocha, do you send it or not, and stuff like that. Like, of course, you know, you want, you can see how, like, it's a very hard choice, and they've dedicated their entire lives, like, gone underground, like, don't yeah. have, like, a real identity anymore mm-hmm. uh, to expose the larger system. Like, do you sacrifice something smaller? Is it even going to work? the sense that, like, if you were a part of this world and not just, like, watching this movie, mm-hmm. like, perhaps you would, um, you wouldn't care so much about Mija and her relationship with Okja. But that's what I mean, just, like, this fundamental clash between the two worlds. Like, even ALF is still part of the other world that Mija is still alien to. And they're, they're yeah. just, like, fundamentally in a different role and more exposed to the structural understanding of how society works. So... <laughs> They still don't speak the like, excuse me. They still don't speak the language. So they very much have an agenda that is more has nothing to do with Mija, really. Like it's kind of just yeah. like their PR a little bit in one in one way to think about it. They're a oh, product no. of the society that they're fighting against. Like exactly. without without this evil, like they wouldn't exist. Right. ALF. Right. I also liked how uh uh Jay Paul Dano says um translation is sacred. Oh, so yeah. um, I love Bong Joon Ho's uh, thing about that. Did you, did you, you guys probably didn't catch it, but as a Korean American, uh, he he embeds something that's kind of funny. Um, you might you might have heard about it, but that scene when um, K is uh, in in the van and Mija kind of jumps out, right? Um, he says something like, uh, "Oh." Try le- Mija, try learning English. It opens new doors. Do you guys remember that line? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the joke is that that's not what he says, actually. Um, what what he says in Korean is, um, Mija, my name is Kus- uh, Sumbom, which uh, Bong Joon-ho is pointing to, like, another type of alienation between the two worlds and this this assumed supremacy of learning English as an immigrant. <laughs> like, it, it, it English opens new doors, yes, but it obviously doesn't help you like understand what's actually what he actually says in the movie <laughs> i nor think it's great it, nor would it open the doors that like she really cares about like she just wants to be yeah. on her like rural home you know with her friend the, the giant pig right yeah about, yeah like learning english and like being like a mascot or going to america or new york or anything right right exactly yeah, and even if she could explain to the to the the Miranda corporation in english what her feelings are i doubt that they would really give a shit yeah um, yeah, yeah but either way so the alf has the footage they want and they plan to use this to disrupt the massive like parade and uh, unveiling of the super pig, you know, results, the con this 10 year contest, um, the Miranda corporation is planning on doing this massive event in New York city to celebrate it. And so what they want to do is instead of having what they want to hack the, uh, the, you know, the audit, the AV setup that, um, that Miranda is going to set up so that instead of showing a video that would be about, you know, this, 
you know, Mija and her grandfather raised this super pig to be the biggest super pig of all the other super pigs. It will instead show the footage that they acquired of Okja being forcibly bred and having meat samples taken from her. Yeah. And you also get a sense of the fucking like real Bill Gates philanthropy sort of vibe <laughs> of that whole thing. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yes, yeah, especially with the way that we mentioned earlier, they like mentioned some the some of the executives mentioned this like in this concerned trolley way, the way that they're gonna like make the world better. It sort of reminds me of how like you see all the time these like shitty articles that are like basically native advertising for the Gates Foundation, where it's like, you didn't know this, but overpopulation in uh, sub-Saharan Africa is the biggest problem on Earth and stuff like yeah, that. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. it's like all right, I, <laughs> totally. I highly doubt that's like the biggest problem facing me. And I, also, it's just so what? What do you want to decrease the population of Africa? How are you going to do that? Uh, overpopulation yeah, I mean, is a myth. Yeah, it's a yeah. total myth, and it's very interesting when you hear which countries are overpopulated. It's always, <laughs> right. Yes. It's always global. That's just when you look at who's doing countries. all the consumption. Yes, uh, and, and like resource why, extraction, and that's why you shouldn't celebrate those like really bad takes. Like, like you can see the dolphins in the canals now, and like <laughs> the, the sky is so much yeah. pollution. It's like, yeah, because people are fucking being like dying, and they're mostly like people of color. You know? Yeah, and and it's not just that. Uh, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, look, once humanity stays inside and humanity stops meddling, like the dolphins come back. There's no more pollution or anything <laughs> like that. Like, it's not humanity like we live for like thousands of years without all this horrible yeah. like natural destruction like it's capitalism has just stopped like for I the most part it, honestly, it's mostly since the 80s like the, the amount of pollution has like uh you know the amount oh of yeah it, it's just like exponentially exponentially like growth. goes up and up yeah yeah, and the and the start point is just the industrial revolution. Like, yeah, it's, it's oh, like exactly. the la- even even like the more long term effects are like 150 years old because like that's when we started yeah. just spewing a ton of shit into the atmosphere and oh, you know, and it stays in the waste. atmosphere for like right. 100 years. Like, uh, yeah, it's capitalism. It's not human beings. It's not people in sub-Saharan Africa. It has nothing to do with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> there, there are plenty of people who existed in harmony with nature until some, you know, more organized capitalist, like, trade union or something, yeah. like, stomped them out and uh, forced them to, you know, adapt an extractive l- lifestyle. But, yeah. Like, either also way. These um, conversations, well, also these conversations about the food supply recently have been kind of interesting because in some places you read about they're throwing out excess stuff and then other places you're like, they're afraid that rural places won't be able to get, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's like, yeah, it's because it's only, yeah, it's not considered we're a country where obviously they're fucking capable of making anything and sending it where the, where the fuck ever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's because it's only producer profit. That is the only way any, anything else is marketing. Anything else you'd be like, Oh, they're doing it so that uh, people can have this or uh, so communities can thrive or like whatever. No, y- production is made only for profit. And once you take the profit out, like nobody's buying anything and you have all this shit and you can't sell it. It's like a normal natural reaction like is uh, like people still need it. Let's give it to people. Yeah. <laughs> but that's impossible. It's not even within the uh the logic of capitalism at all like the people running these companies it's not even an option yeah in america they can't even get the hospital gear to, to fucking uh, yeah 
the same. Uh, and then these same people will be like, oh, well, I donated like, you know, $50,000 to a local homeless shelter and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, if you didn't, if you're like buddy didn't own all the real estate <laughs> in the city, like maybe we wouldn't even need a homeless shelter. Like, right, 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 right. So ALF also reconciles with Mija. Now that Kay is like out of the organization, Jay apologizes to her and does his best to relay to Mija their new plan, which is for she, she, cause she's going to be presented as like kind of the, this, you know, face of this corporate PR. Um, they explained to her the plan to like break Okja out using the chaos at this parade, but they don't tell her that they're going to be playing the video that they acquired of the force breeding and meat extraction. And so they just vaguely tell her like, don't look back when we start the, um, the whole thing, because if she does, she would look back at the television screens showing, you know, the most brutal things possible happening to the, her friend who she sort of willing, sort of willingly, sort of didn't willingly give away to the ALF for their own political needs. And uh, cool scene with, with, uh, uh, Jay, when he uh, is in a bellhop uniform and is like secretly like infiltrated the hotel where Mija is uh, being forced to like uh, wear a stupid costume that uh, the Mirando Corporation PR lady has picked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is totally where you can see why we picked this to be a Hog Planet movie because <laughs> the re- this the parade scene is hilarious. This is like tons of like self satisfied New Yorkers wearing pig hats and eating like yeah. sausages like in a stick. Oh I mean, God. I guess it's functionally no different than a Slim Jim, but they they make it look <laughs> even more like the packaging makes it look even more ridiculous and like whimsical and like Complete goofy. Like, this is like celebration movie. of the pig without any kind yeah. of a celebration of the pig but totally removed from the reality that like you know we're there's a facility where we're butchering these by like the thousands right like, these cute yeah. little pigs that we show on the on the packaging in in the in the factory in reality would be just like being ripped apart by a machine yeah um, and we get so it's, it's cool to see the juxtaposition of like how how it's packaged for the consumer and what it looks like on the assembly line, kind of exploring the different levels of the supply chain as we've been alluding to this whole time. The balloon's amazing though, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And this is of course another, we're also, uh, this is probably gonna come out after our Children of Men episode, which also has prominently displayed a pig balloon. But um, again, just, we're hitting we're really hitting the hitting it over the head with these with the these, hog quota with the imagery yeah we're getting our hog quota filled but um the but yeah so we closer so, to our babe pig in the city <laughs> my god it's, it's been a running joke that we're gonna watch babe pig in the city for the uh for our quarantine cinema series <laughs> yeah well, only if the fans really want us to Either i don't, way, I don't um, think so so as the so the ALF sets off sets their plan to motion and it seems to be basically going well until you know this is a corporation they got private security and they call in the black chalk who are like yeah. these these like paramilitaries that they pay uh, I mean basically modern day Pinkertons and oh, but before they uh, do that I love that scene when like Johnny Doctor Johnny comes like skipping out after we've seen him like drunk crying and like mutilating and like just being this disgusting like 
Mangala type figure. <laughs> we see him like skipping around and like being this beloved like fucking uh, yeah, like fucking Mickey Mouse. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a weird, and he's like got these those like denim shorts again, and it's just like oh my god. Yeah, very the Bill Nye like, the Science Guy kind of shtick. Yeah, Dylan Hall really like steals this. Like he, he acting wise, I think he's so good. Yeah, he's yeah. very good. Um, he brings out Lucy just like absolutely like screeching, and then Lucy brings out Mija, who uh you know really is not like playing ball. Like she looks so uncomfortable, which is kind of funny. If you thought of like actually watching this on like TV or YouTube or something, like. Like as like a viewer, like Mija just looks miserable when. It's oh like, yeah. Like, the lovely reunion yeah. of her and her pet, you know. Yeah, so yeah. depressing. She just yeah, it's so sad. And Ocha doesn't recognize Mija at first because she's been so brutalized by the yeah. system. She kind of like has flown into this like fight or flight, uh, you know, animalistic mindset and is like becoming sort of a product rather than uh, mm. in the beginning of the movie where she was purely just like an entity, like a friend to Mija. But um, she denies an outstretched tomato from, uh, you know, from Mija's hand, I believe. I thought it was a persimmon. I think okay. it's a persimmon. Yeah, maybe. Oh. The fruit. But uh, either way, same difference. Yeah, he's, she she's rejects the food, the food offering. And um, but either way, as this kind of all devolves into chaos, the video comes out. Lucy ends up surrendering the company to her twin sister, Nancy, who goes ahead and calls Black Chalk. I get the sense this whole time that uh, Nancy knew that Lucy would mess this up the whole time. She was like, all yeah. your liberal nonsense is gonna be is like gonna be over so quickly once you have hit the slightest speed bump on your plan. It's like if they fucking like at a Trump rally, if they just played on a screen like him getting pissed on or something. Like it's like it's literally like the thing they're showing just like deflates <laughs> the like grandeur of the event that they're at. Like I thought that yeah. like, actually showing that it was very cathartic to just see like, oh, the, the bad people are just getting embarrassed right now. Right. It that is. Was very, but very awesome. It, it also like shows the limits of that, right? Like the resistance always like wants to like whatever, make small hands jokes about Trump or fucking, I don't know, whatever. Uh, and that could be cool. I like to be cathartic. Uh, and that element of sorry to bother you not to spoil it, spoil it, but it's like when the big thing is revealed and nobody cares. Yes, exactly. Like, what what, what uh, happens? They play the video, the CEO gets uh, embarrassed, and then like she's replaced by an even more ruthless right. uh, her ruthless sister. So yeah, you're right. it's it doesn't useless. stop the factory farming. It doesn't stop like anything. It embarrasses them, but like they couldn't give a shit. Like I mean, she gives yeah, a shit because she has something to prove to her family. That's a personal issue. Right, right, right. And it's right. the precursor to us really getting inside the fact. The fact. Yeah, the yeah. So it's not even like, you know, you think like, oh, that's that's a very like ending of the movie kind of scene. Yeah, like they. But win. there's so much, not so much, but there's like a pretty devastating bit. Bong Joon Ho yeah. is very good at taking um, the veneer of optimism and placing it over this pep's pessimistic thing and kind of like hinting yeah, at it <laughs> and the parasite yeah. exactly exactly so yeah i think there's a this is a great scene where um they're the which the the operative played by the moaning myrtle actress shirley henderson <laughs> i think is her name 
Um, she's like inside what looks like a Starbucks or some other court, like thing as all this violent, like the black chocolate just beating the shit out of people in the streets. And she li- they, uh, there's like all these executives that just look like slightly like, ooh, I don't like that. As like the black chalk uh, operatives are just like beating the shit out of people in the streets. Yeah. There's also the scene where Lucy uh, lights up her pink cigarette off of her older her sister nancy's blue cigarette showing kind of like how the liberal facade and the more brutal corporate reality are two sides of the same coin and oh, Dr. uh johnny gets like st- struck in the head and after like st- giving like this like very bleak like half-hearted apology and he just like falls into the crowd yeah yeah you know. Yeah, and they do. There is literally a line like we like we alluded to. The footage comes out, but nobody seems to care. As uh, I think Nancy says, if it's cheap, they'll eat it. <laughs> like just yeah. such a bleak uh, commentary on consumerism, and uh, I don't know how much we think about what, and let what them we... eat cake. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if they if it's cheap, they'll eat it because they don't have any fucking money because they're not paying them anything <laughs> yeah. to buy anything you have better. No like there's no yeah, it's all connected. <laughs> The brutal wing of the corporation has has won out. Okja's recaptured. The ALF members are all arrested except for Mija and Jay, who are rescued by Kay. And Kay and Jay are kind of forced to reconcile just by the realities of what they're going through. I mean, it goes again. Like, Jay is always hearkening back to the code of the ALF and stuff, but he's forced to kind of, like, step out of that and bend the rules because he really has no other choice here. And... So they um, they go to they J and K take Mija to find Okja at the processing plant, and this is where we get to see like the other the other Okjas, the other modified pigs being slaughtered and like their end thing. And um, Okja is literally like saved at the last moment possible from being like oh begun to be God. butchered. It, I was I, I mean I'm sentimental, and I think they did one thing that we I wanted to mention also was the CGI for Ocha's. Like we all mentioned, it's like pretty well done. You can empathize with this thing, yeah. and I think it's this is a movie that was made. It's a Netflix movie, and Bong Joon Ho said that he liked working with Netflix. That basically gave him complete complete control. He gets the budget to do like the big thing, get the ensemble cast and do big things with the, you know, the CGI and this and take advantage of their budget, but they mostly left him alone. I think it's so interesting. I don't know if you guys know this, but this, this won a Palm d'Or at Cannes, but it also was booed at Cannes when it first loaded up. And a lot of other movies that are made by Netflix oh, or yeah. Amazon end up really? being booed. Like when they, when they yeah. first load up, it yeah. shows that it's a Netflix studios film and people, you know, all these like snooty film people are just like boo to that. And they also it also got a second boo because apparently uh, they showed it in the wrong aspect ratio for like the first ten minutes of the <laughs> film. So there's some mess ups, but then it, it, the the strength of the movie won out and it did uh, it did well at con. But I think it's I think it's kind of interesting that this late capitalist movie was made by one of the most late capitalist things I can think of, which is like Netflix. You know, this like kind of Silicon Valley tech venture is in the, in a sort of it's like we said uh, about the ALF being a product of the the kind of global capitalist like system that they are so opposed to this movie criticizes it but from within this uh, i don't know it's situated weirdly to, in it for, yeah. for a place to critique it i, I mean liberal animal rights people that might be enough you know yeah i mean but that that totally speaks to, like the inescapability of our material conditions like yeah. we have to we like work within them it's the same thing with the alf like you know like they're trying to critique it I, i'm sure they like 
make these little decisions to like try not eating meat or something like that, but how much does it actually affect the structural condition organization of society? Oh, I also thought it was kind of interesting, like how Nancy, when she's talking to Lucy is like, she immediately like orders every pig into production. So like the whole charade of like the, the pageantry is just like, fuck it, turn them all into meat. <laughs> send all the horses to the glue factory, you know? Yeah. It's like, we're going to have all the executives yeah. visit the lab like today to like do some damage control. So that sets up kind of where the ending is at when uh, J and K take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They all kind of converge inside the slaughterhouse. And Kevin, you were talking about this before, but there's that scene when she's walking, uh, Mija's walking through this fucking uh, devastating slaughterhouse. I mean, we've all seen like slaughterhouse videos. They're disgusting. Yeah, no absolutely. How you shake it, but like she's walking into pieces of meat. Um, she's seeing the, the the guy brooming up the blood into the drain. That's oh like, my, that was horrifying. Yeah, uh, Bong uh, definitely knows how to like. He knows how to set a scene where like, I, I don't know that uh, that yeah. setting felt like a scary like that. He knows how, more yeah. before that was frightening. He forces you to confront stuff. Yeah, like, yeah like, even a parasite and everything. This little pig, this giant. When I was little, this giant pig, <laughs> and you realize like, oh, this is what that all turns into oh this isn't like a disney movie where like, like it's about a girl and her pig like <laughs> supposedly yeah. he and his uh production team visited an actual like actual uh slaughterhouses in colorado so they could design the set mm -hmm. for this and it turned them all into like temporary uh, it, he said it didn't last but it turned them all into like temporary vegans for a while right after that visit because it was just such like a bone chilling yeah i know i know definitely and he and it's it kind of captures it well. I mean, it looks like it's like very Schindler's List, seeing all the uh, all the right. pigs just kind of like in their cage, fenced off. They all look like they kind of know what's about to happen to them. They're in this like very bleak environment that is totally alien from what they're supposed to be in. But they have distinct emotion. Yeah, definitely. And right. I, but uh, so either way, we're. Mija and and J and K fi find Ocha literally about to be slaughtered, and they have this confrontation with Nancy uh, to try to get her to spare Ocha's life. And of course, Nancy is not having it. She says, "We can only sell the dead ones." I yeah, exactly. Why do you want to kill Ocha? We can only sell, the, sell dead the dead ones. ones. Exactly. Yeah. And then when they when she, when she asked for her back, she, uh, Nancy's like, "That's my property." Uh, yeah, she's there's like, we're hardworking people, and deals are what we do. Exactly. Yeah. And the only way that she spares Ocha is ironically <laughs> when Mija <laughs> offers to sell her the golden pig that her grandfather yeah. bought her. Like it's oh, only, I that. <laughs> and she kept it. Yeah. And um. And it's only—it's funny how also Mija learns like a few things on the way in her journey. She learns that she can use the golden pig to as a commodity. She can trade it, or you know, as they say about currency, like it could be exchanged for goods and services. And um, she also picks up a few words in English enough to have this kind of business discussion with yeah, Nancy. Yeah. Um, and at, so she eventually offers it. And I think there's also an, another line that I wanted to mention because Nancy is willing to take the pig and sell Okja to Mija for in exchange for the golden pig that her grandfather bought her. Um, but there's one thing where one of the ALF activists says, like, why do you do this? Like, don't you already have a shit ton of money? And the lady is just like, well, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but yeah. I could use a nope. shit ton more. <laughs> 
but that scene with the pig it's like that's like the culmination of this like this like journey this like buildings roman into capitalism for misia for me and the destruction of her childhood it's like like slowly as the movie progresses i say it's a journey because she slowly starts to encounter how deeply embedded market logic is into larger society and at the end when she finally understands exchange value the only way to talk to these people yeah like it's sad it's sad she's like the, the the amount of not just fucking first of all trauma like how much fucking trauma is this little girl gonna have to deal with as she grows up but like she's like understands how to live and actually thrive in a capitalist society now possibly depending on structural conditions but it's tragic yeah yeah. And then on the way out from the slaughterhouse, uh, got the, like another scene that will turn you into, or will probably turn you into a vegetarian, depending on where you're at. The scene where the two, uh, the two other genetically modified pigs kind of like, like desperately shove their child through the fence so that yeah. um, they can that the they can smuggle the Ugh. child the the uh, the little. What do you call a, a piglet? That's piglet. the word I'm looking piglet. for. Piglet, yeah. out yeah. of the out of the slaughterhouse, and Ocha has to do this by literally like putting the piglet in his in uh, her mouth as uh. and to carry her out or to carry the piglet out. And the way the parents of that uh, piglet hold open the fence, like shocking themselves to let it out. Oh, mm-hmm. and, and that's real. Yeah, like they take I, babies right out, like from when they're born and stuff, and the mother's like cry and try and get them back you know like it's not like oh why is this pig acting like a human like that's how pigs act like it's not even embellished i mean maybe figuring out putting it in his mouth to make it escape and then right after that like when they all start howling holy crap yeah that's like that that had like a moment of like you know you understand that like that's like the last jedi you know what i mean like that's yeah. like the continuation of their species and they all know that they're gonna die and they're stuck to this fate but maybe that one thing could survive that's the tragedy for me like this whole movie this little girl's trying to get her pig back all everything you see all all the characters like heroic characters for all their flaws or whatever work together to get this pig back and uh yeah, in the, the end she gets the pig back yeah she gets the pig back yeah and that's it. That's as far as they can go. The, the most they can childhood. do. Yeah. All they sacrifice for all their flaws, for all their hard work, for the everything that happens in the movie, the very best outcome is that they save uh, two pigs. Yeah. Right. And it's like the, the individual one closest to her. It's like ultimately yeah. like pretty individualistic. It's not it, it, like she doesn't really have an, and why should she? She's like a child. Like why? She, yeah. What she yeah. like, you know, exactly. Like, it's not, it's her goal is not to like end factory farming in America. Her goal is to get her friend back. And yeah, exactly. You know what was like the worst realization I had at this was the only way she could actually pull it off is by is it's largely thanks to the liberal tendencies of Lucy. Like Lucy's the one who was like oh, we should bring her to America, bring Bija to America, to New York. Um, like, oh, we should do this whole, this, all this pageantry instead of just mm. like silently creating this system. Like, at, at, you know, the whole movie, you're supposed to think uh, that this character, Lucy, is such a dipshit yeah. and she's like totally unrealistic. But at the end of the movie, she's really kind of the only reason that Okja and the, uh, and the piglet make it out of the, uh, out of the, you know. That's a good point. Farm, yeah, which they sucks. have to bargain with her and like rely on her goodwill. Yeah, and that's how they win. It's not like they destroyed the, the evil. Like they, yeah. 
So if you're like a MAGA, um, you know, a real like real fucking conservative guy and you see um, this movie, do you come out of it like, man, that was crazy how they had that like pig prison or do you think like, wow, like eating meat is bad, you know? Like, does, it, it, does I think it you seem, come out as hey, you know I, I think mean? you come out and you're like, wow, those libs were so triggered by the pigs. Wow, you guys don't know that throat. like factory pharmacies exist. I think it's yeah. fine. I don't care at all. I'm going to go buy some bacon. Yeah. Like, it depends. It really depends on the type of MAGA, I think. Like, sure. if you're libertarian, you're, you're, you're jizzing. At, like, you're, you're, at, but also, you're, you're, you're a little offended by, like, the infringement of individual liberties of this person. Yeah, of music, like, the monopoly. And, like, yeah, 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 and the monopoly of, like, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I'm sure. But that's what I really appreciate. Like, um, we can think, like, sociologically about all this stuff. But, like, Bong Joon-ho really does a good job of, like, appealing to the human aspect like that scene yeah. with the golden pig and like when she hands that picture over to the worker who's about to twist her neck like he's she is appealing to like mm -hmm. this like out of society huge just basic human fundamental kinship understanding right but like for him it's he's just a role in this bureaucracy of like capital accumulation but like yeah. by ap appealing to the heart and that sounds yeah. cliche but like it's kind of what she symbolizes. Well, that's the thing. That's the that's like the Disney movie aspect. Like you could look at this movie and be like, the story of a little girl who, like, through the power of love and friendship and teamwork, <laughs> saves her pet pig, and that's true. That's that's what happens. But also through the power of love and friendship and teamwork, isn't enough <laughs> to, and to save everybody. And she's like fundamentally she can't fundamentally destroyed as yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. beat evil in the end. It she like didn't, like liberate the camps. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. She, she got no, one. She got her she friend got out. out. Yeah. And then in the in the which scenes, is heroic, but yes. so yeah, we when we see that uh, Mija has succeeded and brought Okja and the piglet back to their their idyllic family farm in the mountains in South Korea, Mija is visibly affected. She has kind of this like ten thousand yard stare. And um, she's really kind of lost her innocence because she's been through the underbelly of this system that she did. Right. I mean, imagine being in her position. She didn't even know that any of this really existed, uh, right. presumably, like beyond a passing knowledge of like the city. And now she's been through like just one from one end to the other. I mean, the system has kind of like chewed her up and spat her back out and she managed to survive it. And Oksha managed to survive it. But now she knows like what's going on at the underbelly. And, and she's clearly like, lost this innocent you know freewheeling attitude that she had in the beginning yeah. of the movie and that's oh. like the unfortunate thing like um now that sensibility she learned in the in new york isn't gonna go away like she's bringing that back now to where she lives and that's just gonna shape her entire life now kevin i wanted to ask you was there anything you think like us people who can't speak korean might have like uh, missed uh in the uh any of the translations or like i know people said parasite there were little things <laughs> there's yeah well one thing i could think about specifically is it had me kind of interested it's like the amount of deference she shows like when she comes to new york city like you really see how alienated not only from like industrial capitalism she is but like culturally like she doesn't know who is who and the way she speaks is like 
it's so much unnecessary deference that a Korean American living today in America doesn't show. So it really shows like a disconnect on multiple levels of like understanding what the hell is going on. And it's great. Like it, Bong Joon-ho really likes shining a light on like um, Korean American struggles in this movie, even with that whole subtitle thing. Like um, the, the, the internal struggle of uh, K is actually brought out a lot in through the subtitles. Like he, he asked Mija at one point, how's my Korean? And it's actually kind of awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, like it's, he does a good job. Yeah, you think they brought him on as like specifically because of his, uh, like because he was a Korean guy so that he could like- Oh yeah, I think specifically because he was a second generation Korean American. I yeah. think specifically because of like, he, he really wanted to showcase like how alienated from like Korea they are, but also like, you know, what every Korean student grows up hearing it's like learn english you're it's gonna open up new doors and then he's like how's my korean <laughs> yeah after that we get a very fun post credit scene where uh jay is like getting k out of jail i think the jail also looks a lot like a slaughterhouse i think there's some commentary there mm -hmm. about uh how concentration of humans is similar to, or, or the concentration and you know, in some cases, extermination of humans in the prison system is definitely akin to the concentration and extermination of uh, of pigs in the slaughterhouse. But uh, either way, we find we get uh, we get the gang back together, and we find out also that the the fucking truck driver uh, who we all love is now also part of ALF. Like the ALF is recruiting normies now who are being <laughs> radicalized by this experience. Uh, and then I guess we get a semblance, like you've been saying, alluding to Kevin. Um, the semblance of hope that Bong Joon-ho likes to put in movies. It's, you see it in this, you see it in Parasite, definitely in the ending, and also in Snowpiercer. I don't know if you guys have seen that yeah. one. Yeah, um, there's this like vague semblance of hope at the end of it. Uh, and you can kind of, and also Children of Men, which uh, this, you know, this episode is going to come out after our Children of Men episode. And there's something similar there. Uh, and, it's very um, ambivalent hope though. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. extremely fragile depending if it does exist. It really is just riding on the shoulders of like a few people. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, very, it's, like, very, it's a very individualistic, like temporally bounded type of hope that Mija sees releasing the pig. But we understand as an audience and like everyone around them, it's like this is like a large structural issue that isn't going to change. And I think he shows that really well. Yeah, but I think like, he also shows you have to try anyway. Of course, like, I, I think still I think, heroes. I think, like... I, think he, I think he shows that like the inherent human tendency is to try. Like when confronted, when when spoken to in that language, despite everything, I think it is to try. Yeah. So yeah, we find out that they're on their way to disrupt a big meeting involving all the Miranda shareholders. They are clearly on their, uh, they're still on their bullshit, and it's it's good. We're happy to hear it. I think for all their flaws, uh, we like them. We like them. Yeah. We, we need. Wait, them. who do we like? Bail up. What else oh, Al. Like? Yeah, Alf is great. Yeah, Alf. yeah, we love Alf. We uh, love Alf. We love that puppet <laughs> man. <laughs> no, I. You know, I guess watching this, I, I want to maybe just end the conversation by talking about why this is like, like this is a this is a hog movie, obviously, but it's also a quarantine movie. You think so? Uh, well, I think that. It's, oh yeah. I, I don't know. I, it it really it touched me now in a way I don't know if I, I hadn't seen it before. Uh, uh, Ocha, I hadn't I hadn't watched it when it came out. I just you know it's it's been sitting on that Netflix list for <laughs> years now. It's just, yeah, uh, eluded me. But it's like I don't know. I, I felt uh, you know 
we're all caged uh, in, in a sense right now. So uh, in, in a very, very, very basic sort of like not really, you know, you can still go out kind of way, but it's like, it shows how, and also just in the time when I'm in my head, I'm thinking about like a, the production system and stuff. It's like, yeah. how is that? It, we're all on a, we're all just, all of us non-essential workers are on a slow conveyor belt in the slaughterhouse <laughs> on the way to our inevitable layoff or furlough or our company's going under or whatever. Right. Where we accept the golden pig in the form of $1,200. And then all the essential <laughs> workers. The Trump bucks. <laughs> yeah. and, and all the essential workers are doomed to get coronavirus. And yeah, they're also on the conveyor. Just, yeah, they're just tragic. Um, it's also like very literally related to coronavirus because uh, did we talk about this already? How these these viruses like superbugs and stuff, bird flu, yeah, they start from these horrible conditions yeah. in these factories, and then they make the jump to humans, and it's like like that's that's how it started. Like that's that's why we have this this coronavirus and stuff. And it so you're mutates me bats rapidly have to nothing to do with worldwide supply chains. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Was yeah. it a it's a pangolin that it jumped from, right? That COVID jumped from, right? People Which is like a bird. That, yeah. like, what, but I don't know. Bat. What the fuck is the bat thing? Like they keep bringing that was this straight up, up like, just like racist propaganda. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I shouldn't be so Chinese like bats, like. No, it's like it's a whole colonial dialogue of like yeah. savages. Look at these savages eating yeah. bats. We would yeah. never do that. We would just whereas eat. pork products. Not. It, it, I mean, I think it's. I don't. I don't eat meat, but I think it's. It's. I feel bad for animals, but even just from a like personal point of like anyone can look up videos of like you pour coke on what on like pork that you get from the grocery store and like the trichomoniasis worms come out of it like oh. eating pigs is like yeah. easily yeah. one of the grossest fucking animals you can eat i can't believe yeah. that anyone would explain i mean eating a bat in like some rural pristine environment in like yeah. yunnan in china or something which is not again it's not where the fucking covid came from but right. even if you were doing that it's definitely like a thousand times better than yeah. Some, like, factory yeah. farmed pig. Factory farmed pig versus like some animal you caught and ate. Like it's really a flip of a coin. Like I don't know. They're both, yeah. Like I don't know. Factory farming is you. you I mean, what could E. coli? I even really just like wish. not even animals, but like our vegetables and stuff. Like yeah. just the way everything's produced. I really wish very lettuce was spreading disease. Yeah, not too recently in the U.S. Have like, animal shit on. everywhere. Like you know what? You know what? <laughs> the Earth making all these viruses tells me and like what this film really brings out it's just how fundamentally human nature is alienated from advanced capitalism and like just how we are not meant to live like this and yeah. the virus yeah our relationship with nature is so out of whack yeah it is it's everything's whack and we are not the virus. Capitalism is the fucking virus. Capitalism like, is the virus. Yeah, yeah. As we mentioned, humans were doing just fine until like the last 150 years. Right. And it's not even in, like individuals like Tilda, like that's necessarily the enemy. I mean, yeah, she occupies that role, but that's just a bureaucracy and like how it works. But clearly it, she's disposable and you just clearly she's disposable. Like she has an individual yeah, does not matter. Yeah. Misha as an individual does not matter. Like if if another like young girl was there, like it would it's not about that. It's about like how these systems determine the shit we put in our mouth and bodies. But I guess I also wanted to ask, like, what your take on is, like, the divergence between, like, that, like, don't eat meat take and then the take of, like, you know, individual action, like, 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 Libs telling you to, like, recycle 
is like mm. not gonna like save anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean don't recycle. Right. You still yeah. try to recycle. Right. But you also have to do it knowing like like structural change has to happen. I think yeah, you need structural awareness. That's what makes it liberal, right? That's what makes it liberalism. Like this this a historical a structural analysis of what's going on and thinking that you have individual input. But if you look at literature on social movements and like what's called counterpublics, they're only allowed to uh, form when we have discussions like this and individuals organize around the cause. Like uh, someone mentioned how. Um, ALF, uh, it, it, like, no, 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 the um, Netflix film, it's like operating under Netflix, like this weird corporation, right? But look what, what Bang Joon-ho said. They said once they visited the factory, they couldn't eat meat for a few days, right? So like, it's only, we can only have these discourses when we have the tools to have them. And I think that's important. Yeah, it's like the uh, capitalist, you know, system kind of has to like grant you a shit ton of money to be able to even like make something like this yeah 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 it has to be profitable it was profitable so and they only did it because they were trying to fuck up the studios like netflix will yes. give talented filmmakers a shit ton of money to do whatever they want because studios are notorious for like fucking up potentially good movies with their dumbass like what, ideas and stuff and like targeting yeah I think so? yeah to your point, Snowpiercer was supposed to be like this major release in the U.S. I mean, it has like a, a star-studded A-list cast. It's like Chris Evans, Tilda Swinton's also in that movie, yeah. Ed Harris. Like, but um, apparently, it was like Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein himself didn't like the the, the kind of you know vi extremely overt anti-capitalist and anti-hierarchical themes mm -hmm. in that movie, and didn't want it to get like a major release. So he like sat on it and just like didn't allow the studio to do the market. I I'm forgetting the exact mechanisms that he, he used did. to stimmy it, but uh, but yeah, yeah, apparently he was like, hey, or now he's in jail and he won an Oscar, and Bong Joon Ho won an Oscar and is known everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully we're bending towards justice that's, here. That's uh, Harvey Weinstein, major Democratic Party donor. Big time. <laughs> oh, sick. Um, hey, vote blue no matter yeah, there's who, like the, right? there's like debates about... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, we've played the clip on... There's the lots of debates in like the film community of people doing that. That, uh, that Bernie's sexist, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. So why are you for Hillary instead of Bernie? Well, I, I'm, my daughter, Emma, has really crystallized it over the last four weeks. She's 18 years old, and all of her girlfriends were for Bernie. Right. All of them. I mean, and her, too. Mm -hmm. You know, she's even for the New England Patriots, which I can't oh, stand. What? Okay. No, I disinherited her. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's, Only Robert happens. Kraft adopted her. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. He's yeah. got more money than He's doing well. It's terrible. No, I doubt that. Don't Poor guy. It's true. Yeah. You know, whatever. And uh, just the, uh, the, she said to me that when, when Bernie said Hillary wasn't qualified, they took that a little like a little sexist you know just like how could the secretary of state 103 countries that she visited two-time senator right. you know first lady civil rights lawyer not be qualified you can say he's not right for the job but qual so then all of a sudden every day i'm getting the emails when, when your kids become sherlock holmes why doesn't he turn in his taxes what happened with the 1990 right. election Wow. Um, but like, don't you think this is so 2017 Netflix, it was like, 
this was definitely like Ted Sarandos or whoever it was because I saw his name as a producer. This is like when they started very much like saying like fuck you to like the ma- major like movie studios, yeah, and the theater chains, and they because like, they realized they didn't need them. Exactly, and they were yeah. It is like a Silicon Valley like disrupting the movie industry and stuff, and like that's cool and good because the studios can like fuck off and uh, the studios are bad, like more or less. And they don't make interesting um, stuff. Uh, in our Midsommar and the Lighthouse episode, we read off the box office, uh, you know, the top box office of the year. Yeah. The top ones are like Bad Boys and like Doolittle and Sonic. <laughs> I yeah. won't allow any slights against the Bad Boys franchise here, but Doolittle, we can, <laughs> we can go in on, no big deal. No, I like Bad Boys, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's like, it, you know, it's yeah, a reboot of a movie that came out like 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you but see I, more I, interesting creative stuff on Netflix, but also exactly. like there's no, it's still, it is what it is. It's like a capitalist corporation. They, they're notorious for like ending shows that are doing well. Just like, yeah, and it's not like we're going to fucking... no reason. They're very secretive. Like, and it's not like we're going to become like mm. a, a radical animal activists right now. Like, it's not like they know that like yeah netflix knows yeah they're not <laughs> like minimal a revolution. yeah 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 we no, can't even get like health care for humans in this country yeah like, yeah nobody's yeah. like agitate gonna be getting behind like some mass movement for animals right now right, as much as i wish yeah. there i'm a huge like i don't know environmental Same. guy like save the whales kind of guy mm-hmm. but yeah. I just don't see it as like a Seriously. vector for like a mass movement in Absolutely. this day and age where people are like, yeah. I need to pay my rent. Like, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent next month. Like that's their first and foremost Absolutely. concern is like their, their housing and their food and like their health. Yeah. But I think it's important to promote an understanding of how it's all connected. And like, I think that's, that's what, the only way that's the only, only way. Yeah. And like, like, yeah, like your paycheck's fucked. And you know, this is how it's connected to the animal being fucked like exactly it's the whole system like that but that's hey, part of like, like what uh, we gotta do hey like but that i mean you know data shows in the 1920s like class consciousness was the highest it's ever been but that's because of like just the miserable conditions of poverty and like disenfranchisement of the entire population and you know like nowadays i think you know especially what the bernie movement shows is like this willingness to like understand a, a more unified structural understanding of what's going on in society and i think that can only build now as shit gets worse and then people start dying and like it's gonna show how capitalism is inherently shows its flaws right like that's like the fundamental features of capitalism and i think we are going to see that more and more yeah you just have to hope that uh yeah everything's falling apart and you have to hope that people find a way to organize and like fight back uh instead of being like so immiserated they can't fight back and then you know it just collapses into God Emperor Trump ruling for thirty five. God Emperor divinely ordained, forcing everybody to eat hamburgers. <laughs> he's like whatever. halfway like on the way. Goes. He's like halfway there towards becoming a sandworm anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, have you guys seen those pitch? Have you guys seen those pictures uh, floating around the internet of like Trump like hugging the American flag or like not. him like oh, and, yeah, like yeah. always like weep for this poor man like this? Oh, yeah, God they literally think like he like died for their sins. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's every like, like car dealership owner in America. Weird like messiah complex. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, he gave up all his money. Of like. Uh, you know, demanding they reopen the economy and they have these like yeah. Trump reopen the economy. Imagery. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but that's been going on for years now, and it's never going to stop uh, until we're dead. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. On that right <laughs> note, 
Yeah, no, but uh, Okja, I loved it. It's on Netflix. I mean, I would say if you made it through this conversation and were spoiled on the whole movie, still watch it. It's fucking incredible 100%. visually. Yeah, it's uh, a great movie. And then watch Parasite and, uh, you know, I, uh, all the other ones. Uh, <laughs> like every Bong Joon-ho movie. Most, Just go watch them uh, right now. Yeah, you got seriously. the time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm happy that we did an episode on this one because... Uh, well, I guess, Sam, uh, why is this a hog planet film? Uh, you, you make me answer this question every one of these episodes. But this one, I think it's already been fucking answered. It's a movie about <laughs> how we are tied to a system that is turning, that is, treats us like livestock. I mean, yeah. the, we are really not that different genetically from, from pigs. And even just in terms of the roles we occupy under this stage of capitalism, we are more or less like you know pigs for the slaughter under under capitalism, and we're yeah. not any real different. I mean, that's why I thought the image of the the parade people in in New York City wearing the pig hats while yeah. eating. I mean, they're consuming themselves more or less. Like you're like we explained earlier with the way factory farming works, it's despoiling our environment that we're supposed to live in. Like I've heard of pork processing plants where they actually nebulize the um, the pig shit and just spray it so that every like town downwind gets a fucking like <laughs> cloud of pig shit in their face. Like, like we're and and um and they the system only like continues by obscuring those relations like this movie yes. is all about showing obscuring. the relations yeah, exactly like this movie is all about sharing the um the the opening the doors of perception or whatever and sh showing the way this is all connected and uh the way that we're kind of shitting where we eat literally i mean mm. yeah, that's why is. this is a very just contemporary modern journey of growth and discovery yeah. Like it's, you know, journeys of growth, like you think of Kite Runner or like all these other like books, like Buildings Romans, but like this is what a journey of discovery is today. Like what it means, like understanding that the world is fundamentally just against our human nature. And you kind of just do the best you can and, uh, you know, try not to lose like your basic. Humanity. Yeah, you, you watch Okta uh, and then you go to the supermarket and get pork and. <laughs> I'm going to probably make like beef tonight. <laughs> that's like what I have. For yourselves, you heathens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Sam, I'm really upset you told me that thing about the worms and the coke. Like, I'm very upset about that. <laughs> uh, ba ba bear in mind that is based on a YouTube video I probably viewed in like tw 2011. Okay, so it may I not really be the most reliable information. I, I still want to see it. Because I can, yeah, try and it. find it, and I'm gonna do that test. Yeah, you should. Uh. Either way, Dan, Dan, you want to wrap us up and we'll do our plugs. Yeah, this is Hog Planet. Follow us on Twitter at Hog Planet. Uh, and you can listen, uh, you know, subscribe, rate us five stars, please. Uh, it really helps people find the show. Uh, you get uh, this, this, the feed on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, wherever the fuck uh, it's there. Um you know, DM me at Spaventacular at S P A V E N T A C U L A R for uh, you know movies you want us to do, or uh, DM the show account if you have any comments or anything. You know, we're we're willing to engage. 
and you know, I'm still working. It's serious, I guess, but I don't, I don't have anything to plug right now. <laughs> I got a documentary coming out that I've been working on that's pretty cool, but I'll talk about it once it's been announced. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sam, uh, any any plugs uh, for you? You're, uh, you know, you are uh, quarantined here. I don't know if you have any projects going other than the uh, Nintendo Switch that is coming soon. Oh, I'll definitely be circulating my my Nintendo Switch details once I arri- once it arrives. I'm super excited. It should I think it's this in like 2 days I should have it. So, then I'll be bothering everyone on like Animal Crossing and shit like that. Oh god. But uh, either way, until then you can follow me at Wagstank as always on Twitter. Uh don't try to follow me anywhere else, honestly. <laughs> Unless we become friends, but uh but yeah. <laughs> To our guests, this is your opportunity to plug anything, whether it be just your your handle or anything you're working on. Uh, Jay, are you first? Uh, yeah, so definitely check out Cosmonaut Magazine uh, at cosmonaut.blog. Uh, we got a bunch of essays on there, a podcast. Um, a lot of it like is... a little pitch for people who've never heard of Cosmonaut? Yeah, it's like... Uh, a theory and history uh, magazine... Uh, from a Marxist perspective, uh, we host a lot of different debates. Like we're not one tendency uh, or another. Definitely check it out. It's good, good content if you're looking for like a theory to analyze stuff like Ocha. Yeah, I and, mean, and a, then you can mag. follow me at something. I don't even fucking know. It's uh so I'm on Twitter. I'm underscore Carl with a C underscore Marks with an rks underscore so if you can figure that out you can follow me and that's we'll it tag, good we'll luck tag you in the uh in the, <laughs> yeah. in the show account uh, you know that's, uh, that's a way to find him uh and uh kevin anything for you uh yeah um i don't really have anything to plug only maybe only ideologically but uh actually no here's my twitter so uh if you want to follow me on twitter it's uh, at kevin j-u-n-h-a um you can join my 90 followers and viewing my very sparse content. Um, but otherwise, you know, just like become radically anti-capitalist and uh, practice is very important. And I think it's important to like, yeah, localize with your, I mean, localize, organize with your community, support your local rent strikes right now, um, support your local food shelters, all that kind of stuff, support your unions, especially. Um, but at the same time, um, make sure, you know, we tie that to what's going on nationally. We don't want to fall into a local trap necessarily, but I think that like this country is on like um, a very important historical moment right now. And, you know, we're all in quarantine. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might um, be in a better position suited to help out your neighbors. And, you know, there's new statistics coming out, you know, like uh, black Americans are dying disproportionately to um others in in this crisis and you know it's that just like reveals like the structural disparities and how they stratify along race gender and class and stuff so i just hope you know we become more involved in our local communities and stuff so that's all all right we'll see you next time this is hog planet